Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, would you love to hear us give the same treatment to Futurama? Who would do a thing like that? Who could do a thing like that? Then you'll be delighted to know we're doing just that for Futurama's entire first season. Hey, when you look this good, you don't have to know anything. And it'll only be available for people who donate at the $5 level to the Talking Simpsons Patreon. Oh god, no! And along with 13 episodes of Talking Futurama, you'll get all 23 episodes of Talking Critic, the entire first season of Talking Simpsons, monthly community podcasts, interviews with Simpsons writers, and so much more! Shut up and take my money! Remember, go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons to get your hands on podcasts from the world of tomorrow! I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, recorded on a real Table 5. I'm your host, the good, not great Bob Mackey, and this is a chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who is here with me today? Uh, Henry Gilbert and I'm fighting with a local oaf right now. And we have some special guests for this very not political episode. Who is right over here? Uh, that's Matt Chrisman from Chapo Trap House. And uh, who else is with us today? Oh, Virgil Texas, uh, also co-author of the Chapo Guide to Revolution, Manifesto Against Logic, Reason, and Facts, now available for pre-sale. Woo! Is that fall? Yes, fall? August. Awesome. Yes. They moved it up to August. So we got some uh, Chapo boys here on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, it didn't take much uh, wrangling, so thank you, Virgil, for being so accommodating. But um, I, I live to please. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, so can you talk about your show a bit? I'm sure a lot of people know about it, but in case uh, people need to know why this is a huge deal for us to get. Yeah, why they should celebrate yes. us. First, yes. uh, how much money do you make? That's number one. <laughs> and second, uh, what is your podcast about? We make, you know, well, whatever we can keep. What we make is our business. <laughs> it's you, nobody else's business. You can find out. Yeah. Please don't try to find out. <laughs> but uh, well, we, do yeah. a, we do a very, um, you know, kind of low-key, non-confrontational, <laughs> not very controversial at all show. Yeah, we just like uh, to rap about what's in the news. <laughs> yeah, you know, we talk about b- politics. We might, you know, get our hands a little dirty there. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> Mostly we just talk about uh about food mascots who we really enjoy. There's uh, yeah. some musings mixed in there. Yeah, you know, your noids. <laughs> rules, rules for life, we give you those. Absolutely, 12 of them specifically. I learned oh. about being a lobster from you guys. You taught yeah, me a lot. It's the only creature to be. <laughs> or I, I thought we were all like birds. Is that is that uh, what it is? We're both. We're, we're, we're all, yeah. We're the pl- plumed lobsters. <laughs> flightless, uh, flightless lobsters. So uh, this episode, today's episode is Two Bad Neighbors. Classic Woo. Simpsons. Yes. Excuse me, sir. Where are you going? I'm going to punch George Bush in the face. Okay, is he expecting you? <laughs> Today's episode aired on March 25th, 1996, and as always, Henry oh. will tell us what happened on this day in history. <gasps> oh, my God! <laughs> oh, boy, Bobby. The Cowboys and the Steelers win their respective playoff games. The series finale of The Commish airs. Ooh. And one of the worst film release dates ever as we get Lawnmower Man 2, Dunstan Checks In, and Biodome in the same weekend. Oh, wow. uh, a fine weekend to stay home, I guess. Yes. Uh, I, I'll, I'll admit to seeing Biodome in the theater as a misguided youth. Anyone, anybody else see any of these movies? I've seen Biodome, not in the theater, and I've only caught pieces of Dunstan Checks In, never the whole film. I saw Bio. I just like caught it on TBS. One of those networks that plays stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they were like the stoners who don't actually do drugs, That's right? right. Wasn't that their thing? <laughs> yeah, they just act stoned because it was a PG-13, so they couldn't show them actually doing the drugs. Mm. So they just were dumb. 
just yeah. in the Bill and Ted uh, tradition. There. Yeah. Even yeah. though Billy Baldwin was a white guy with dreadlocks, he couldn't That's smoke right. weed on film. <laughs> you know, biodome is a concept that. It just kind of fell off the map after yeah. the 90s. Which you know? is kind of funny because we're in more need for dome-based solutions yeah. to climate problems than ever. We really should be getting back onto the dome shit. I think we uh, need more biodomes. Why did yeah. they stop this experiment? Build a bigger biodome. Didn't please. someone like sneak weed in, and that was the <laughs> reason why it cut? Like there was like polygamy happening or something. Uh, right? Yeah, there's or, always insane or sex somebody, shenanigans. Yeah. Someone brought Cheerios in and it violated the. No, that is true. Somebody snuck a food or something in mm. that ruined the, the ruined experimental the, the ecosystem. Yeah, weren't the rich weirdos now building like islands they can live on in the future? Seasteading, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like space colonies, eh, something like that. They're thinking about no, that. no. They're like going to, for example, uh, just a fucking uh, oil refinery out in the middle of like international oil waters, platform, like, mm. and they'll just have you know throw some soylent dispensaries <laughs> out there and That's like sea land, and then they just like <laughs> put some routers in so that they can uh, download crucial uh, illegal nudes and child porn and stuff, and they <laughs> have fun. God, I mean, after the slanderous Stephen King novel Under the Dome, I think domes are just ruined for everybody. Nothing. But trouble happens no, under no. those domes. You make that Pauly Shore movie today, it's going to be <laughs> a, a seasteading thing. It's be <laughs> I mean, with all the other sequels they make of 90s things, why hasn't there been a Biodome 2? Like, direct to video. Because everyone forgot about Biodomes. <laughs> yeah, they're not relatable. People say, well, what the hell is a Biodome? Why would I care about it? Back then, there was just the craze for domes. Yeah, I mean, after this podcast, I'm sure it'll be put in production. So this episode, uh, Two Bad Neighbors, I think it's famously hated by Simpsons fans, or it used to be. Before, there were a lot of really bad episodes. Really? What does Don Del Grande think? Oh, Don Del Grande. That's a good poll, because that is the dude who hated every episode. Hated every classic, brilliant episode. Famously, I Wouldn't it be funny if he loves it now? (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if he's still doing reviews and they are just raves? This is what I've always wanted the show to be. Works at the Maple Store. I love this. <laughs> yeah, if you go back to the Sim- all TV Simpsons reviews, Don Del Grande famously like every like Mr. Plow C minus try what? harder. Yeah, like he hates the best Simpsons episode. I-, I assume he took his own life or something. He was not in a good place. Because like, how do you not get joy out of classic Simpsons happening in front of you? I mean, the few of us remaining who are old <laughs> enough to have the memory of being able to sit down on Sunday with a brand new episode of The yeah. Simpsons that you knew in your heart was going to be amazing yeah. and yeah. you were going to talk about all week, that was a special experience. And this guy never even had it. Mm-hmm. But this episode <laughs> is... Why was uh, he watching it and posting to a Usenet uh, when he's giving everything a C or D? crave misery. <laughs> was, there were other things on TV, you know. Well, yeah, but if he didn't like that, I don't think he was enjoying any of the other offerings television had Maybe to he really loved Empty Nest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the commission this had- is true <laughs> work of art. Here. Oh, well, the commission has just gone off the <laughs> Yes. Air. Yeah, there's a lot to mourn right now. But this episode is uh, kind of a late reaction to President Bush's uh, mini war against the Simpsons, probably, uh, President H.W. Bush. Mm-hmm. His, we need uh, more Simpsons, more families like the Waltons and fewer like the Simpsons. That's right. We actually, actually we have, have that clip. We have that clip. We can hear him in all his nerdy glory. We need a nation closer to the Waltons than the Simpsons. Shut up, huh? bitch. Hey, we're just like the Waltons. We're praying for an end to the Depression, too. So that was their, uh, their Boom, shots old. fired uh, response to a, that. It was a very small recession. Yeah, <laughs> that was, but it was just perfectly timed for him to, to yep, lose. It's yep, amazing. Yep. Speaking of the age gap, like, 
kids. I, I barely knew H.W. Bush as a president as a kid. I was just like, well, I guess he's president. That's what you're supposed to have. But yeah. I was not aware of anything he did at, at the time of the airing of this episode. Like, I was not particularly political then. I you're probably just aware of Dana Carvey. Yo, oh, I was the definitely aware of that. Yeah. Me too. But, but And I knew whatever Bill Maher told me was politically correct. And I was like, this guy's smart. Like, that was that was my feeling at the time. Not yeah, so much now. I, I, it occurs to me that the way you can tell a classic Simpsons from modern Simpsons is, is that if they did that episode today, they would have George H.W. Bush play himself. Yeah, they he wouldn't would do, do the it. voice. They wouldn't do it otherwise without yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're imagining Marge, how terrible that would be. Marge, David Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Cut like. That. That, was, that was awful. <laughs> we cut nothing. Uh, this is a, this, so they tried uh, Bill Oakley, uh, who co ran this season with Josh Weinstein in season eight. Mm-hmm. He said they, this is like the pairing episode to Homer's Enemy with Frank Grimes, where uh, it is about a normal, boring guy dropped into a crazy cartoon world and having to deal with it. In this case, it's sort of a very observational humor about a cranky old man, but there's not a lot of Bushisms in it. And I think they tried to keep it apolitical on purpose, though they do mention it, a few things. It, it was. It was. Um, I, so I just rewatched it as per your instructions and it's, <laughs> it's ironic there's that one line where Barbara says you know we wanted to uh, find a city where people aren't concerned about politics where they don't have yeah. ideals and this episode <laughs> is it's very non-ideological compared to Sideshow Bob Roberts for instance mm-hmm. yeah there's really no like satirical point of view, it's just a kind of like fun scattershot yeah. of nostalgia from the, for a few years ago. It's yeah. more concerned with being a Dennis the Menace parody than saying anything, mm-hmm. having an agenda, yeah. or making an argument. But it's, it's still Dennis, pretty fun. It's Dennis the Menace where Mr. Wilson oversaw the sale of guns <laughs> to death squads in Central America and then covered it up. Well, what did you <laughs> like? What, what would they have said about George H. W. Bush? I mean, this is three years after he I left would have office. had him having a house party with all the guys he part in his last days in office who were in our contra <laughs> like Casper Weinberger and all those motherfuckers. <laughs> but I mean, the, again, but though, this is this is a political battle, battle from three years ago and look at what happened in the intervening years. It was the Republican Revolution yeah. and the Republican Party just, you know, goes way to the right. Yeah. And you have these guys like Alan Keyes and Pat Buchanan, Pitchfork Pat, who, you know, might have won those, you know, primaries at the time this aired. I can get why they want to stay political, too, because like later, late, like six, seven months later in the Halloween special is the Bob Dole, Bill Clinton. One of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and that one definitely has the stance, too, of just like, ah, you're screwed either way. Like, what are you supposed <laughs> to do? Like, either one's a, a giant space alien. Well, the thing is, that election is the least consequential election in recent American <laughs> political history. Yes. If you were going to do a joke about aliens taking both of them and exchanging long protein strings, mm-hmm. you couldn't have picked a better election, even better than 2000, I would argue. Bob Dole famously complained that it was very difficult for him to run that race because Bill Clinton gave him nothing to run on because he'd endorsed the entire Republican revolutionary platform. <laughs> yeah. uh, tough on crime, welfare reform, that was his whole agenda. There really was nothing for them to run on. Dole famously ran on a across-the-board 15% tax cut. Hmm. That was his one bit of policy uh, uh, innovation that was going to set him apart from Clinton. And he also promised to campaign in every state. He did this insane, like, uh, nonstop whistle stop in the last months. Like, no, this that, that, year was, man. no, that was George H.W. Bush who did all 50 states. Well, Nixon started doing all 50, but he did a marathon campaign thing where he was 
had a, an, an event like every fucking day or every minute of every day for like two weeks up leading up to the election. And he famously fell off of a stage. Right. Just yeah. ate shit like crazy because he was an 80-year-old man <laughs> forcing himself just how much he wanted that fucking presidency. <laughs> These guys, that's why Trump is, the funniest thing about Trump is what he has done to the guys like McCain and Dole who lived to see someone become president who didn't even try. <laughs> These guys devoted 40, 50 years of their lives singularly to this to this goal and failed. Hillary too, of course. Oh, made thousands and thousands of like horrible choices and decisions just telling themselves like, well, I'm going to be president someday. So it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like, I, I, yep. I'll get it. So I'll be worth it when I'm in that chair. Yes. And now it's just him in there pressing the Diet Coke button <laughs> and just watching television. Mm-hmm. Just watching television. That's his presidency, is watching television. It astounds you me that... You could get anybody to do that. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it astounds me that all these people are alive, but Gerald Ford is dead, right? He Gerald is. Ford is the one who's dead out of all these people. Yes. Now 12 years dead, yeah. I believe it is. But okay. like Barbara Bush, uh, Bob Dole, uh, George H.W. Bush, all still alive. All still If you call that living. Or groping yeah. or yeah. whatever yeah. they're doing. Yeah, even Gerald Ford got to be president. Oh, there, yeah. yeah. He's another one who didn't try. Mm. Well, no, he literally didn't try, and he's the only president who never ran either for president or vice president. Yeah, he didn't have to do anything. No, and they just appointed Dole him. had run, what, three times, something he ran, like that? He was, uh, he was Ford's vice, vice presidential in 76, yeah. and then he ran in 80 and in 88. Yeah. So this episode really starts with, like, they they wanted to deal with the Bush thing, too, because I think the Simpsons and the Bushes, like, it was a whole thing in the early 90s. I think the, I think the Simpsons really knew they had something there of, like, just free publicity from the president talking about yeah. them. And so they really leaned into that. And then on top of that, I think, I think that taught the, I don't know, Republican party a bit of like we can't make fun of something that's cool anymore like we can't we can't talk <laughs> yeah. shit about the simpsons or then we i mean bush gets it a ton in this episode of like he's an old fuddy-duddy that was the idea they, yeah. they attacked like, yeah. uh, murphy brown too yes which yeah. was yeah. maybe not as cool as the simpsons but people like well, what are you talking about murphy brown it was, really cool. <laughs> it was so Bar- and barbara, she skateboarded barbara so much. had said something critical of the simpsons right yeah like she, 1990 or so yeah she talked crap on them in an interview that uh, then James L. Brooks basically wrote Marge fan fiction. He wrote a letter as Marge yeah. saying, like, I think we would really agree on things and maybe I'm not the best mom or whatever. And then, yeah, yeah. like, Barbara Bush apologized to Marge but Simpsons re- after that. I remember the apology because it was actually very tart. It's a very mm. supercilious apology. Yeah. I would have rejected it <laughs> if, I, if I were been Marge. Just imagine – I'm just trying to think back to that era when the – Avatar of public menace to youth, the, 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 the figure who is going to degenerate our young people and turn them against their parents and against Western civilization was Bart Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Now we've got 18-year-old SoundCloud rappers <laughs> who find themselves having sex with minors <laughs> and then die at 20 by injecting Robitussin directly into their femoral artery. <laughs> it was Bart Simpson or a single mother. Both yeah, leading us exactly. to hell. Those yeah. are the specters. I guess the idea is, well, yeah, that's what you end up with. If we'd only turn back the tide of, uh, with Bart and uh, Murphy Brown, we wouldn't have Takashi 69. <laughs> <laughs> they should have invaded against uh, Steve Urkel because there's that good, solid strain of populist anti-intellectualism that in the right wing. That nerd. Fucking nerd. Urkel. Well, that's what Ted Cruz tried to do recently. Mm. By saying that the Democrats are the party of Lisa. Yeah, I know. That uh, stuff drove me nuts. Uh, but anyway, so this episode starts with like a beach a beach blast. Yes, right? uh, it's barely a beach blast. Do we have a clip of that or no? Yeah. Oh, we do? Okay. Was okay. it in uh, Ion Springfield, right? Yeah. 
Marge, I'm bored. Why don't you read something? Because I'm trying to reduce my boredom. <laughs> well, you could hand out these flyers for the neighborhood rummage sale. You get some fresh air and exercise. Yeah, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> Come on, boy. We're going to see the neighbors. Good old Evergreen Terrace, the swankiest street in the classiest part of Press Board Estates. Well, if you love it so much, why are you always littering? It's easier, duh. <laughs> They've, they've talked about Evergreen Terrace before, but this is where they're mm-hmm. really underlining that. This is where the Simpsons live, and these are their neighbors, and this yep. is what it's like. Well, this is what happens when Simpsons nerds run the show. That they're like, they, no writer beforehand gave it. They, I think the old showrunners were just like, well, what is the address? Some nerd tell me. But now it's the <laughs> nerds who know, like, no, ever, 742 Evergreen Terrace, that's the address. Like, yeah. I guess Press Board Estates is there, is the area they're in? That, yeah, that, that, that's the subdivision. Ah, like yeah. Lion Estates in the Back to the Future movies. Mm. Affordable tract housing made Homer and exactly. Ned neighbors. <laughs> That's yes. true. Uh, we missed the uh, the very beginning of this where Homer is bored. It really underlines just like the hell of Saturday afternoon TV mm-hmm. uh, before the internet, before there was anything else to do. So it's still hell. Saturday I, afternoon TV is the worst. I have not checked in in a long time, but I remember just I would never watch this, but I have nothing else to do. So yeah. Right, the, all the cable news shows are on autopilot. Yeah. And like enjoy the news. Every bad movie from like 1987. <laughs> I, you know, it's been a long time since I've watched Saturday afternoon television. As a kid, I remember once it got to noon and the last Saturday morning cartoon was on, then it was time for something like competitive uh, sandcastle building or golf at golf. some point. The, the beginning of golf. of golf. Oh, golf. Yeah. Live golf just made me want to die. <laughs> like, that's when you knew you were really in the, just the pit. For me, specifically in my package of syndication on Saturday morning, I said, watch the cartoons. Then I would watch WWF Superstars, yeah. which is awesome. And then it would be Three's Company reruns. <laughs> and it was that it was the Three's Company song told me that I was like, no more good TV was going to be on. Some <laughs> stupid, boring adult sitcom <laughs> that didn't, wasn't funny and I didn't get the ennui set in after that, like the post-cartoon ennui. I think yes. after after a while, VH1 <laughs> would just put on like nine hours of I Love the Blank Decade for yes. you because it's just like this is just default thing you switch to mm-hmm. because not this, everything That's else is a waste That's depression TV yeah. right there. You just stare at it. <laughs> uh, give him the Michael Ian Black. I was going to say that. You'll remember things for me. Yeah. <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Boy, this episode's more fun than being a one-term president. Thanks for listening to Talking Simpsons, our chronological exploration of the show. We've gone through every episode of the series to this point, so be sure to check those all out if you haven't before. And also, if you want to hear every episode a week early and ad-free, plus get a ton of extras... You should go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you go there, you can hear the entire first season of Talking Simpsons that we did, which is only available on the Patreon, plus our season wrap-ups for every episode, plus our going through of every episode of The Critic and Talking Critic for 23 straight podcasts, and our current Patreon-exclusive podcast, Talking Futurama, where we're going through the entire first season of Futurama, episode by episode. Plus, if you're a Simpsons fanatic and want to know more about the show, we have in-depth interviews with multiple people who have worked on the show, including executive producer Bill Oakley, writer for the show for almost 20 years, Dan Graney, 
Mimi Pond, who wrote the first ever episode of The Simpsons, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, and former executive producer of the show, Mike Scully. Not to mention a ton of more exclusives. If you dig in there, you get so much at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons for just those $5 a month. Sign up today. Hey, if you sound about a motorboat destroying your memoirs, I know one thing that'll cheer you up. What a Cartoon, our weekly cartoon podcast that we do in addition to Talking Simpsons. If you haven't heard of it, it's me, Henry Gilbert, and Bob Mackey going through a different cartoon each week with a guest where we look at one specific episode of that show and discuss its history and impact on animation. We've done Dexter's Laboratory, Batman the Animated Series, King of the Hill, even anime in the show Kill la Kill, and we have a ton more really cool episodes coming down the line. You can find What a Cartoon's free feed on all your regular podcast listening areas. Just look it up, What a Cartoon, or you can hear every episode a week early in ad free as part of your support of patreon.com slash talking simpsons for just five dollars a month if you can't get enough of this cartoon chit chat and i know i can't check out what a cartoon We also get the sense of like what the community of Evergreen Terrace is in this episode. Mm-hmm. I like how, uh, though I never thought of Hibbert as living there. Guys, like no, Hibbert. I thought he lived in a nicer part of town. Yeah, he's a rich Republican dude. He, he should would, be in that yeah. mansion. Exactly. Well, I mean, they set him up as a Cosby equivalent in that, so he should be living. He should be living in a mansion, like an or a brownstone Before somewhere. At this point, we've seen the interior of his house, and it's very large, very yeah. nice. Yeah, and they have a whole, like, they have a fancy car. And this is also the first time we got to see Apu's uh, Firebird. <laughs> yeah. Yes. As, as would establish him as a uh, hot to track bachelor. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And a yeah. Uh, and a cheap trick fan. Yeah. This is the, I can yeah. appreciate that. This is the season where, where they, they added that dimension to Apu, right? Because this is also um, 22 short films about Springfield was this season. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and much Apu about nothing. So they're trying to walk back the stereotype a bit and give him more of a life. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but... No, their crimes are too great. <laughs> <laughs> you, they think that'll save them when the revolution comes, but they're all going against the wall. It is true, but th- I liked how the one reason they gave, it's like, Apu well, should be working. He should never not be working, but there's an accident at the store, so that's the only reason why he's yes. at home uh, yes, enjoying himself. Machine. That is true. He worked a 96-hour shift once. Yeah, he thought he was a bee at the end. <laughs> and yeah. that, it was a hummingbird. It was a hummingbird. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, you're right. That's correct. But uh, uh-huh. I, I, they gave Homer like a soda can just to stroll around. I swear to God, they, they wanted to give him a beer because he was drinking mm-hmm. beer on the couch like we just can't have Homer walking around the neighborhood with a beer it is too it's too white it's trash it's too badass <laughs> <laughs> though I like that Jimbo stole beer like he wasn't that what he was stealing duff instead of just like anything like he's also committing underage drinking on top of the stealing yeah I also like that the uh, well I'd never heard I don't think I'd ever heard Cheap Trick until I'd seen this episode as a kid as well I, I was 13 when this episode aired I don't know your guys' ages but I was also not a cool kid I was listening to <laughs> I, Weezer I, I, I did I not get giant. I was not cool either. I did not get the cheap trick reference. The the Dream Police video is an awesome music video. It is awesome. Look it up. I was going to say, yeah, Weezer was just interpreting cheap trick for you. That's true. Let's dust these off and uh, give them to the kids of the 90s. There was that other other episode where Homer says, I prefer to listen to cheap trick. Yes. And Mm. I never never knew what that sentence meant. (laughs) (laughs) I I wasn't familiar with the band. Yeah. 
Same with the Starland vocal band. I was like, well, I have to they assume suck. that's a band. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that joke kind of makes more sense because it is a goofy name. Mm. Well, it's also a great band, though. Bad Tattoo. <laughs> Bad Tattoo, great Afternoon band. Afternoon Delight is a great uh, song. Oh, and then we get a great establishment. I love these kind of – this is such a meta episode. It's written by Ken Keeler, who he would later do like – one of the most meta ones ever of Armin Tamzarian. Oh, ah, uh, it was. Was that a was that a breaking mm, point one for, for you? For me, that's a real mm. alarm. Start alarms start going off in the bulkhead <laughs> there. I think that was well. That was an overall pretty good season, if I mm. recall correctly. So that was just kind of this one weird thing. It just it shows that they're gonna start. It's really it's it's indicating that they're going to have to start really flailing for plot ideas. Well, there was a, yeah. there was exactly I think one good joke in that episode about his copy of Swank. I was thinking that's the only thing copy of Swank. And that's your copy of Swank, Armand? Yes, you can. I think it was literally made at a time when they were like, "Well, how long can this go on? Let's just do whatever we want yeah. because there'll be like another year of this. Who cares? Yeah. Like, let's ruin mm. this character." Yeah. But that's I it. think it's pretty funny, and I think there is a the, uh, talking about. I think there's one other funny joke, which is when he's reading the. The copy for the uh, for the nudie place. Oh, yes. they're not even wearing a smile. <laughs> yes. Nod, oh. nod suggestively. <laughs> nudes, nudes. <laughs> and I liked I liked how uh, they disrespected Vietnam vets in that one too. That <laughs> one. That's always necessary. So uh, I'm a war hero, <laughs> and we salute you. Uh, <laughs> so the the meta gag here though is that we've never seen the other side of the street of where the Simpsons live. So this entire time there's been this huge mansion across the street from them where uh, some jerk doesn't live. Well, that's not correct. I mean, certainly we've seen the other side. We we saw it. I can only think of one joke before this where we saw it and that, and it was still kind of at an angle where it's where grandpa arrives early for Maggie's birthday. Oh, right. He's like, happy birthday. And there's some African-American gentleman at the house across <laughs> the street. And that was it. Like, I've never seen him go well, across the street. I, I'm not, not, not set something there. I mean, but just see... You know, the housing there, like you see that in yeah, things yeah. like when they pull in the driveway. That's true. So here's Homer discovering the house. Hey, I never noticed this place. Dad, it's right across the street from us. That fancy house will never sell. Nobody who could afford it would want to live in this neighborhood. Hey, what's wrong with this neighborhood? Big shit. Too good to buy a house here, snobby. <laughs> who are you talking to, Homer? The guy who doesn't live there. Yeah, the logic of that is amazing. The guy who doesn't, <laughs> the live, guy who doesn't live there. That's genius. <laughs> he says it so matter matter of factly to Bart, just like the guy who doesn't live there. Duh. Yeah, the thing is, is that there would not be a fancy house like that in one of those subdivisions. The whole mm-hmm. point of them is that those houses were prefabricated and they they were built very quickly on a very similar foundations and similar designs. They're not going to just go crazy and build a mini mansion next to them. They would have had to like lay down all the track housing around that house. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's like a old. Maybe it's a historically preserved home. <laughs> it could have been some like crazy rich person who just built a house in the middle of nowhere because like where I grew up somewhere nearby in Ohio, Mike Tyson built a mansion and it was quickly abandoned when he, uh, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, look in the news, I guess. But people would often break into the mansion like as a dare, like go, go break into Mike Tyson's mansion because it was just abandoned. So it could be one of these dealies. That exchange is kind of a red herring because you could see the episode developing in a different way and it becomes something like Homer de- uh, defending the dignity of his community, mm-hmm. uh, uh, perhaps from a, from a supercilious outsider. Um, 
There was uh, it reminds me of the this one King of the Hill episode where uh, all the adults find out that their kids hate the town and are just going to leave after high school and never come back. Wow. And so they, they make a video oh, yeah. to convince oh, yeah. <laughs> them uh, that Arlen is great. And I guess the Simpsons did have their version of that. That was that was Lemon of Troy, right? That was the town pride way. Yeah, yeah this town is a part of us all. A part, part of us all. all. A part, part of us all. all. When I, I used to do, um, and this is horribly dated now. I used I used to have this like little one off um, called uh, Upworthy Springfield. And you, you remember Upworthy, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. When I, I that, do remember those posts. Too. Yeah, when Upworthy hit, and <laughs> it was just the most egregious nonsense, <laughs> and and it was just like a huge thing all of a sudden. And every time you went on the site, there would be these pop-ups, right? That would be some like preachy uh, thing shaming you into joining their newsletter, some like boring liberal uh, 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 inspirational quote. And I use that as one of the uh, as one of the upworthy quotes. It's just that this town is a part of us all, <laughs> part of us all, part of us all. Were the headlines for those like number one will surprise you or this will? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just clickbait shit. Mm-hmm. Clickbait, but clickbait for good. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Look, look where that left. Look where that went. I want to see how badly celebrities have aged. Number one, that's <laughs> what my clickbait should be about. That, that woman is now twenty years older. Twenty years later, oh, how dare she? Then we get them going through all their stuff, and there's some cool, like little, you know, tonic. They have all their boxes of tonic. There's Marge's Ringo Starr paintings. Mm. Uh, there's the I didn't do it. Uh, I got it all here. The Mary Worth phone. The I didn't do it shirts. Wow. The B Sharp records. Yeah, I wonder sometimes, like, if that was the animators or the writers on that part there. Uh, this was these were the seasons run by the nerds, like yeah. the mega nerds. So I feel like they're like, no, put all these Easter eggs in here because in uh, yeah. in the closet they would just have a closet full of all of like the Easter eggs. Sometimes <laughs> you in these also episodes. see the Aztec head. Yeah, uh, on it's on Olmec head. Olmec, Olmec head. Yeah. True. Senior Extapalapa kettle. Boom. Wow, good point. Yeah. Wow. Matthew is, is, but, uh, is owning us here. Marge's uh, hand is conspicuously over the second S in Asahola. In <laughs> I, see. Uh, yeah. I still like they got away with the Asahola thing. Yeah. Right? You know, I looked it up once, and I don't think those are real Ayatollahs he's talking about. In my <laughs> search, I don't believe they are. No. They didn't come up. I didn't know how to spell them. I, I made my best guess. I tried, and I yeah. couldn't find I any I thought there was just one Ayatollah. No, he says, I. well, that's the thing. In Iran, there's one Grand Ayatollah, but yeah. the thing is there's also a Grand Ayatollah of Iraq, oh, Ali guy. Sistani. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but there's usually only one at a time in any one of these communities. Yeah, that, it's it's like franchises, but I think you know. You are, can't have two in one territory. There are under... I think there are lesser-ranked Ayatollahs. Do you call them mullahs? Yes, the people mullahs. underneath yes, the Ayatollah mullahs. Yeah, you're right. But now in the now in our attempts to hate Iran, like nobody even talks about like a central figure of it anymore. It's just you hear the Iran nuclear program, it's which true. is certainly a real thing. Yeah, uh, but you don't. But you don't hear like they don't try to make. There's no Saddam Hussein of that place. Yeah, well, yeah, well it, was, the- it was it uh, was Ahmadinejad. When he was yes. running around in his yeah. in his peasant warrior garb and talking mm-hmm. about how there were no gay people in Iran, classic. He was the lightning rod, and he kind of personified the regime. But then when he left, they kind of couldn't process the fact that there wasn't a guy there, which undermines the whole idea that it's a dictatorship. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so they had to just depersonalize and say, "Well, you know, those Iranians." Yeah, just, some of the cannier conservatives will say inane things like, "Oh, the Ayatollah is this this big brother who controls Iran." Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a. You can tell how pretentious they are by how much they really put into pronouncing Khomeini. Mm. Khomeini. Hayatollah Khomeini. This is the second, uh, uh, first of two censored shirts on The Simpsons, though. They couldn't say Asahola or Butthole and Butthole Surfers. So, oh, when, yeah. When, when, when I'm has, a surfer. Yes. It just says Butthole. 
on uh, the shirt is have, folded strangely. Yeah, have some guts to be be full butthole. Do you have a clip of that Ayatollah Ayatollah goof? I think so. Can we get rid of this Ayatollah T-shirt? Khomeini died years ago. <laughs> it works on any Ayatollah. Ayatollah Nakhbada, Ayatollah Zahedi. Even as we speak, Ayatollah Rasmara and his cadre of fanatics are consolidating their power. I don't care who's consolidating their power. Well, we don't need this. Butch, Marge, that's the Rhinestone Knight's fashion gun. I needed to rhinestone up my old clothing. Who's Disco <laughs> Stew? Oh, uh, I wanted to write Disco Stud, but I ran out of space. Not that Disco Stew didn't get his share of the action. <laughs> Yes, it's one of those things where they give Homer weird areas of knowledge, like the Supreme Court justices. Yeah, yeah it's he's really true. he knows a lot about Ayatollahs. Couldn't he be both, like the great, the, the, <laughs> the late Earl Warren? Warren? Yeah, <laughs> is that a stripper? Ayatollah now, who's being naive? Uh, you know, actually, speaking of that, I'm surprised they didn't do any like. I guess other than no new taxes, they, in the references in here, there's no Clarence Thomas reference in this. Like, I guess he now in history, Bush being the guy who nominated Clarence Thomas oh, is kind of yeah. just forgotten. Like, it's just Clarence Thomas just kind of happened to us all naturally. There have been so many more sex crimes since then. I know it's pretty it's pretty boring his sex crimes now comparatively. That bedazzler thing, by the way, that is the thought you have whenever you see a commercial of a bedazzler on TV. You're like, well, I could bedazzle all these things. <laughs> you might do it once if that, that. And this disco stew line, they like they talk about it on the commentary that they had no. They don't even seem to like the character of Disco Stew. They're like, why? This was a one-off gag. This was Obviously. Not, this yeah. guy was not supposed to appear dozens of more times <laughs> and be a regular on the show snorting sugar in one episode. Yeah, he, he wasn't supposed to have it like a season 27 episode <laughs> where he moves in with the Simpsons for some reason and we, yeah. uh, we meet his uh, stepmother. I don't know if you're kidding, but you might not be because at this point, <laughs> I, I want to believe there has to be a Disco Stew full episode. After, after this, we have a story to tell. After <laughs> Okay. So just, this, right. is called, uh, this is called uh, foreshadowing. Ooh, boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, uh, we get to the yard sale, and the Mrs. Glick, there's just, they have a random mean lady in the in these, old lady yeah. in these episodes, when they, it should just be Agnes Skinner in all these cases. It's just odd when it's not her. Well, that was back when they were still just sort of freestyling free characters. Mm. It could, I mean, it's the same voice. It's the Agnes voice coming out of Glick. It's yeah. like, $90. <laughs> I love yeah. the feedback on that. Yes, yeah, the, the sound, the sound is, design of this is so great. Yeah. And Ned yeah. is trying to help her. Like, you can put all kinds of things in there. No, just candy. $90. <laughs> oh, the other thing about Disco Stew is, so he, he was a one-off gag here that was, that was pretty funny and memorable. And then, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but his next one-off gag was in the, the Twisted World of Marge Simpson. Mm. Where he's selling the disco writers, and that was also an amazing one-off. Yeah, These that, trends continue. Yeah, that, hey. that people still talk about today. That that gag, and I I feel like that's that gave the character some uh, a reason for uh, uh, gave the writers a reason to have that character stick around. Is that when his goldfish died in his yes. shoes? Okay, yes. <laughs> so two really good jokes. <laughs> yeah. Now, whenever I think of bad uh, charts, I think of like this continues. Uh, and, and Bitcoin get, prices continue. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we get some great Skinner boringness of him just haggling <laughs> over a broken tie rack. Or Marge breaks the tie rack, so yeah. he'll buy it. It's a very good joke. <laughs> but so then she cute. sells Now the ones them. in the back are uh, basically inaccessible. It's a very good joke <laughs> with an excellent callback where he desperately buys the motor now. <laughs> yeah. uh, again, for his, for his one tie that he owns, he openly admits, I only have one tie. <laughs> And he can't wait even two seconds to start haggling and go like, anybody buy this? It's very funny. Like, that's a very Monty Python type joke. Mm. I always thought that Skinner is 
I don't. I guess he's indecisive, but also desperate. Yeah, <laughs> he's desperate for a Tyrek. He wants it so bad. He's just a terrible negotiator all around. Yeah, yeah. 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 He does fall faster than Superman on Laundry Day. That's, that's true. But uh, Ned's doing a rather crappy job at uh, being a barker of sorts, but mm-hmm. Homer easily takes over. Well, he's doing Much like, like he now took folks, over now, the crown, the crier job. Spell. Oh, yeah, yeah. That actually reminds yeah. me a lot of the crier thing. Yeah, yeah, Ned's yeah. doing like an NPR job at this. Now, folks, nothing spells fun like rhinestones on a dungaree jacket. Stu, you should buy that. <laughs> hey, Disco Stu doesn't advertise. Uh, hey, Ned, let me help you with that. Hey, everybody! Who thinks Flanders should shut up? <laughs> so, anyone here from Evergreen Terrace? <laughs> I think this is the best neighborhood in town. Anybody agree with me? <laughs> You're the king, Homer! King of the neighborhood! <laughs> Say, that I don't think she's better than America. Is he right? <laughs> <laughs> God bless that guy. The hate-filled Mo gets the teacher. Who of is that guy that said yes? Uh, Felix. Uh, <laughs> that does feel like a Felix. Uh, <laughs> I like how carefully he says yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's like yes question mark. Uh, what I love uh, about that, this whole thing, and I forgot about it, is that like Ned is basically attached to Homer as he's taking over. Like He's yeah. strung along because he's using the, the built-in Homer PA never system. takes the speaker off of him. Yeah. He just forces him to be like limply stand there. And of course, Ned does that the longest. Even when the president shows up, he won't walk away. He is the last one to do it. I always liked that that little device. I always thought that was nifty. I, like wanted yeah. some kind of uh, uh, I don't. Well, it's like strapped to Ned, right? Yeah. It's like on his belt or something. It's like wearable amplifier for like church functions or something. <laughs> like calling bingo. Well, I've never. Knows? I've never seen one of those. It seems like one of those many things that's like. The Simpsons technologies in the 90s episodes are, like, stuck in the 70s with Mr. Microphone and and that device, the Rhinestone Cowboy, and the uh, keyboard that Wiggum plays in this as well. It's all just like, well, these were made in 1973, pretty Mm. much. So then we get the arrival of George Bush. I think I have a clip of that one, too. Hi there, neighbors. Uh, I'm George Bush. Former... President George Bush. Okay, let's give it up for the new guy. Now let's all turn around and pay attention to me again. Hello? 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 So Omar started out, he was bored, and then he was saying, no, what are you talking about? This neighborhood's great, and now he just wants attention. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird portrayal of Homer. It's slightly off because it feels like he's like the party animal everyone loves in the neighborhood. Usually he's he's hated or yes. thought to be like a loser or weird. A criminal yeah, who's a criminal. on the run who, who will later destroy the town like five times over. Mm. Yeah, but in that moment, he was just so filled with love for Evergreen Terrace <laughs> that everyone had to acknowledge it. I love his misfitting tuxedo he's wearing during that whole song and dance too and the the umbrella hat the umbrella hat it's all beautiful (laughs) and that when Bush arrives like everybody abandons him like Ned is the last I love the animation like Ned's feet are twitching like I want to go over there and he runs away with like the microphone throwing (laughs) up sparks behind him Uh, and the great gag of like nobody heard of they everyone just forgot who George Bush was by 1996 in the town of Springfield is is that a commentary on Springfield or or on George H.W. Bush I think it's both he was a forgettable president 
president. Yeah. Well, that's know. why he's in here in such an apolitical fashion. Yes. Because he's just yes. this, he was a guy who was known for being kind of a nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, got got beat, which is very rare, and it gives you a stink. It's almost it's such a huge risk to be elected president because if you don't get reelected, you just have loser stink yep, on you for that's the rest true. of your life. Carter, Jimmy Carter, yeah. same mm-hmm. thing. He Carter, was not Ford. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's a very rare to be defeated if you're you have a huge built-in uh, advantage, which is why Trump's going to be president for eight years. People oh, don't accept that. Don't say that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like to lose is really for him. It was an incredibly poorly timed small recession that was just at the right time to just completely own him. Well, I mean, how much do you chalk that up to Perot as well? Like being well, there's been some work on that, and the, there are actually a number of political scientists who say that Perot, if he'd been not on the ballot. Clinton still would have won. Yeah, Clinton still mm. would have won. I mean, that's uh, Perot. If anything, is taking more votes from Clinton because it's this is the anti-incumbent vote. Mm. Exactly. And maybe uh, a lot of the people who voted pro would have just stayed home. But I would think that uh, Bush negotiating NAFTA is something that sent a lot of people in the arms of the Democrats. I think I think that was yeah. a big turnout thing. And then Bill and Clinton then signed it and signed it. And yeah. then Clinton went and signed it, right. But Perot was the And end. got that little gnome on television and said, Wow, jobs leaving the Midwest because of free trade <laughs> and they're holding up the screwball thing Tunes <laughs> cartoon next well, to his head. The one previous appearance of George H. W. Bush on the show was him not being allowed into Mr. Burns' party because uh, no oh, one yeah, turned. No yeah, but he had, he was a different caricature, much more grotesque in that episode. Yeah. Oh no wait, there was one other in uh, oh. Mr. Lisa goes to Washington. Oh, you're right. Yeah, where he signs yes. a bill into law. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 uh, my bosses are gonna be really happy about this. Your bosses, <laughs> the American people. <laughs> no, he says like all. 250 yes. million uh, of yes. them. Yeah. 250 million. And again, in that episode, along with this one, Barbara Bush is portrayed as a pleasant woman. Yeah. Pleasant and accommodating woman. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> she was one of the singularly most unpleasant women in political history in this uh, country. Every story about every interaction I've ever heard of with her has been negative. Like, this, no one walked away with from Barbara Bush saying, wow. What a great lady. She famously called Geraldine Ferraro a bitch. And then <laughs> yeah. she tried to play it off as saying, uh, no, it was witch. And nah. I, w- I want to say she said the same thing about Hillary. I, I think you're thinking of Newt Gingrich's mom. Uh, through mm. Connie Chung. Oh, yes, I am. Yeah, you're right. right. I, uh, I called her a runt. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the Barbara Bush stuff in here, and now I just associate it with a different Simpsons thing of like her and Jeb were Skinner and, and Agnes. Yes. Like, that's, yeah. that's just what it was. Uh, <laughs> we are like, are we two years beyond P- uh, Please Clap yet? Have, uh, we, have, we re- have we reached that point? I uh, still love Please Clap. Yeah. I, I, this is an aside, but uh, you know, we went past that, that great disco stew callback, another mm-hmm. callback in the first act, which in my opinion is a very tight first act. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if... If you did if you did this today, you know it's 2018. What would the disco stew subculture be? Would it be grunge stew? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, new metal stew, maybe. A riot girl yeah. stew. Yeah. Riot girl stew. Rap rock stew. I would write riot girl stew. I, I if I had my druthers, I would make that character. Well, it would be a woman. <laughs> I, I assume that's funny. That's nothing added by making it a man. <laughs> I could see I could see a Limp Biscuit guy. Uh, well, okay, so we come back and like the closest thing to a political statement I think we get in this episode is is in this clip Lisa identifying that she wouldn't vote for him. Stupid president! Why couldn't he just stay in his own state? Actually, this is one of the nine states where Mr. Bush claims residency, <laughs> Dad. I wouldn't have voted for him, but it's nice to have a celebrity in the neighborhood. Wait a minute! If Lisa <laughs> didn't, didn't vote, vote for him, him. And, and I, I didn't, didn't vote, vote for him, him. <laughs> you didn't vote for anybody. <laughs> I voted for Prell to go back to the old glass bottle. 
After I that, I became deeply cynical. <laughs> I assume that was syn- cut for syndication. Yes. I have yeah. no fucking idea what that's about. Yeah. Uh, so I can guess. I looked this up, and I could not find the commercial, but the shampoo Prell in the 70s switched from uh, glass bottles to plastic bottles. Anything in a glass bottle in a shower seems like a mistake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mistake. Uh, but it's and not of course, fancy. Homer wants it. I, yes. I, 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 I demand glass in my shower. <laughs> I, I used to use Prowl. It was just sold at my local bodega. And that stuff just smells like poison. Mm. But it, it gets no, that's your, the hard stuff. It as, gets as your Jerry, hair clean. Jerry Seinfeld said, "I use the hard. I use Prell, the hard stuff. Rips your hair right up by the roof." That does seem like a real <laughs> bodega shampoo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's just random brands. <laughs> Selsun. And I always feel weird when I buy uh, Mexican toothpaste. It's the same brands, but I wonder if the product is worse because they anticipated they're not selling it in the United States. Like the formula is different. You'll get some <laughs> spider eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love this calling back to you to Homer being like a political. He had previously said he finds voting a little fruity. fruity. Uh, but he did love Birch Barlow. Uh, that was his wife. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was just a guy telling the truth. You know, <laughs> it's apolitical. It's like, like Gamergate, you know. Uh, uh, the, uh, also, I, uh, as a kid, I never got the was this one of the eight states he claims residency gag, but mm. he was uh, born in Connecticut, yep. uh, you know, family home in uh, Kennebunkport, Maine. The, went to Texas, yep. right? And I assume he was a resident of Virginia when he was uh, head of the CIA. And probably yeah. a place in Florida. I guess that did extend to W just being like, well, he did the full rebrand of just Texas. He was yes. Mr. Texas. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is the only line of dialogue in the entire episode by Lisa of, of note. And it's oh. like the famously political Lisa yeah. gets nothing political to say outside of I wouldn't vote for him. Yeah. <laughs> and that Homer, yeah, that... That Homer would only ever vote on the stupidest thing. Like he, well, he doesn't even know who people were president. Like yeah. he has to look that up. He would have been deeply invested in the M and M color vote. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like the idea. Probably would have made a terrible episode about him getting invested in the M&M color. <laughs> I like the vote. idea of uh, becoming cynical and alienated because of the M and M vote. Oh, politics! Or, or because I assume Prell didn't uh, go through. With it's their... just a popularity contest, <laughs> no, no. man. It's been plastic since the seventies. It's all rigged. Well, so this actually, uh, my dad was a bit, or is, he's still with us. He he was a big HW fan, which is odd to me now, I think. It's like, who he, like, I, my dad's a Republican, sure, but who even likes yeah. him if you're a Republican? Yeah, no, he was know. immediately, as soon as he lost, because he famously lied about raising taxes. Mm. And so Republicans were able to just disown him. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is he was never a conservative and he was never a, a Reaganomics guy. He was the guy who called it voodoo economics. Yep. Yeah. Oh. He yeah. was the guy. And I remember being party to my dad and my grandpa getting in a fight about this because my, <laughs> my grandfather was an old style Dixiecrat Ooh. then. And my dad was mad that he wouldn't vote for Bush. And then my grandfather was like, hey, he crashed a plane. I did good in World War II. This guy crashed. And he was throwing out all these things. But I, and I look back on it too. I was like my dad tried to get him with racism. He's just like, well, but these Democrats have to like Jesse Jackson, huh? Huh? And my grandpa, Vista, he didn't bite. He did not bite on that. But I, it's just, yeah, when we went, then right after that, like 2000, I went to Washington, D.C. on a family trip. And when my dad saw, like, it was some paintings of, it was H.W., then Clinton, then W., and my dad was like, uh, San- the worst president sandwich between two of the best. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's I know. Uh, it's, it's very confusing. What? Your dad should be on Twitter. <laughs> I, yeah. I, he just Twitter stalks me. Okay. Uh, Bush last World War II president. Mm. Last World War II. Dole II tried. 
Dole right? Dole would have been the last, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get the Flanders meeting the Bushes now, and they're remarkably similar and remarkably folksy. We're never, it just occurred to me, we're never going to have a Vietnam president. Mm. We might still. I don't mm. think so. I don't think we're going to get a Vietnam veteran president. It was even close in the, uh, like... <sighs> In the high level, the people in those age brackets are not plausible nominees of any party. Well, now after mm. the, the old senile grandpa president, uh, guys like Kerry think, "Oh, maybe I got a shot." Mm. You have to be what at least seventy to have participated in Vietnam, something like that, around that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, sixty, sixty, right? Because that was like forty. Well, it was a long time. <laughs> it, it was a while. Yeah, the war ended like what forty-four years ago, forty-five years <laughs> uh, ago. Yeah, and you could have conceivably been eighteen in the last year of the war. That's true. So it is possible. I think we might get a Vietnam. Hey, what's Bob Dornan doing? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we do have the Flanders meeting the bushes. Great delicious. Scrub diddle horrific. Fine and dandy like sour candy. Bars a whiz with cold drinks, aren't you, Bar? <laughs> Don't understand lemonade myself. Not my forte. What brings you to Springfield? Well, George and I just wanted to be private citizens again. Go where nobody cared about politics. So we found the town with the lowest voter turnout in America. Just happy to be here among good, average people with no particular hopes or dreams. But, Mr. President, we're not all good people. There's one little boy you should watch out for. He's a bad, bad little boy. (laughs) Now, Todd, don't scare the president. (laughs) Yeah, setting up Bush to be just as square as Flanders is a great great idea. I like it. I like hearing Harry Shearer talk to himself in those scenes, yeah. too. In that, though, yeah, he, uh, behind the scenes, not a fan of this episode. He did not think it was very good political commentary and yeah. satire. Who oh, didn't? Yeah. Shearer? He's, he's Harry Shearer, yeah. He's a fire breather. He wants more shredding and roasting of that, <laughs> that particular pig. Well, he's a grumpy, he's also a grumpy old dude. Yeah. That's absolutely true. <laughs> I've never seen him say anything positive about The Simpsons. As far as I can tell, he kind of hates the show. And yeah. as for, I thought it was a recent thing. And then when we, like, for what, research in a season five episode, it was him doing an interview of, like, you know, the last season got kind of bad, but it's getting a little back on track now, writing-wise. Like, he, he posts online as Don Del Grande. <laughs> yeah, a good trivia question would be, well, a very hard one would be, in 1992, what city, like, let's say 100,000 people or more, had, had the lowest turnout? Hmm. You'd, have to give, right. you'd have to give, like, multiple choice, I think. That's, hmm. I, 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 I'm feeling like a failure of research in this episode <laughs> now. I was just looking up things about Dennis and Menace. <laughs> but uh, yeah, ask us about that. We're, we're covered. Uh, but I like Bart's like omen-like introduction in there, and th- then who will then shift into Dennis the Menace after that, which I knew a shitload about Dennis the Menace just because I wasn't not going to watch <laughs> television, and they aired it all the time on Nickelodeon when I was a kid. And so, really? yeah, it they made a big deal in the early '90s that like Nickelodeon got Dennis the Menace, which was just like. A really bad acquisition, but it was better than Lassie. They replayed Lassie all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, bad Dennis acquisition. <laughs> yeah, some Viacom exec saying, we got it. We got the Dennis the Menace account. It's a classic. <laughs> Everyone think, knows Dennis the Menace. I think it was always paired with Lassie to make to make one of them seem better. Just like, <laughs> they're both wildly different. Yeah, I mean, Dennis the Menace, at least, like, there are technically jokes in there. And you could, if you're a kid who wanted to see a funny prank, you'd get to see that. And uh, we get to see the Bush family dog there, too, Mildred, running with the Bushes. Yep. 
and uh, who would die at age 12 a year after this episode, oh, May 1997. Oh. They should have dedicated, oh. they should have dedicated an episode to Billy. It's a, a beautiful photo of her at the end. Will they, when George <laughs> when George Bush dies, will they dedicate an episode to him? No. Well, I, I guess he didn't voice himself. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Actually, they might have like a still of his caricature or whatever. I don't know. He's a war hero, people. Yes. We can't I'm not fine with, I'm fine with that because who cares? He's old news. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's weird. It's weird to just see him wheeled out at things now. Like God. It, yeah. It's like death. Yeah, I mean, also... <laughs> Probably see death. Like it's probably just standing right in front of him. That's why he's this terrified expression on his. You know face. what he looks like? He looks like that uh, that Disney character from the Venture Brothers. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Brisbee. Brisbee. Yeah, yeah exactly. he's like that frozen rictus in a wheelchair. <laughs> he's not- I'm here. <laughs> uh, David He's not reaching for asses. He's trying to like ward away death. Kill me! <laughs> just kill me already! I remember one of the Republican primary things. They like make him stand. Up, they like pull him out of his chair to, to make him stand up. It's just like so humiliating. It's a real this, Doctor like, Strange love moment. He should have yeah. learned from, even though his, I would guess his mind is more there than Reagan, he probably should have just taken the Reagan stance of like, no more. Don't photo. I'll, I'll send out one photograph every Christmas. And that's all you'll get of me. Uh, but we also get to see Homer's one time he was ever clever. <laughs> Look at those phonies sucking up to Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you might say he's barking up the wrong bush. <laughs> there it is, Homer. The cleverest thing you'll ever say, and nobody heard it. Go! Yeah, part of Homer's constant struggle with his own brain. <laughs> <laughs> that his brain could recognize it was clever as well. Then we get Bart meeting Bush, and, and Bush is having a good time at the U.S. World News uh, saying that Clinton is public enemy number one. Roasting the, the new guy. Roasting. Yeah. I, I didn't know roasting was like a term you would have used back yeah, then. Yeah, well, roasts. Know. I mean, like oh, the old, duh, the old yeah. Dean Martin roast. I'm just used to it in the Twitter context Roasted, of it. yeah. 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 No, it, it, that that had a, a, an August tradition of drunk celebs getting together <laughs> and calling each other drunk. <laughs> and uh, I like to say that John Swartzwelder probably wrote that into the show because yeah. he famously hated Clinton. He said, uh, "What he'd be hanging from a tree by yeah, the end of the, said, by the end. yeah, yeah." He wouldn't make it to the end of his first term. He'd be hanging. They'd be hanging him from a tree, <laughs> like in the day of the rope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Maybe like he was all right. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, the the Simpsons definitely they they took their shots at at Demi in the series too I mean they had jokes like uh, what was it? Did you know why you were getting money for doing absolutely nothing? I thought it's because the Democrats were in power again. Gags <laughs> like we can't govern. We yeah, hate. we can't govern. We hate life in ourselves, which I I agree with that. Uh-huh. I, I would agree with that too. They also did the most brutal brutal insults to Clinton at the end of mm-hmm. his term. Of course, this is also when the show is starting to flag, yeah, uh, <laughs> quality wise. But for example, they had a, a scene where he says to Marge. When he's coming on to her, I've done it with pigs. Yeah. Real, no fooling <laughs> pigs. pigs. That's not a joke. Yes. No. He's just saying he fucks pigs. That he yeah. fucked pigs. That's the joke. That, or the one where he reverses the decision in the band contest in favor of Lisa and says, you need to know that if you complain about something enough, someone will fix it. And Marge says, that's a pretty lousy lesson. And he says, hey. 
I'm a pretty lousy president. Hello. And then the episode just ends. Yeah. He just smiles at the yeah. camera. <laughs> Way meaner than they ever were to W. Bush. Oh, for sure, yeah. I, or H.W., really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did one recently where it was a headline, Fat Lecherous Hillbilly Elected. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is funny. That's Wait, no, that than... was a critic joke. Oh, was that a critic joke? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, because okay. he, Bush like shakes hands with Jay. It's the Lawrence of Arabia episode. Right. We actually just did all the critic, which is why it's conflated in my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, they, he shook hands with Jay, and then it's like, uh, and he tells his consultant, like, no, nah, one little critic isn't going to hurt me. <laughs> and then that was, you know, uh, the headline, Bush loses in massive That's landslide. That's right. After Jay gets rescued, right. Boy, uh, we should really know these things. Uh, man, we're getting owned on our own show here by these podcast experts. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, Barbara Bush, I guess she has to be friendly in this because she has to be Miss Wil- Mrs. Yes. Wilson, who yeah. sees no problems with Dennis the Menace, even though I would bet later in this episode, if, if Bart had thrown Locus into her house, she would not be so friendly yeah. at that point. Might have been the turn. I, 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 the 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 wife on Dennis the Menace was was very disloyal to her husband. <laughs> I think by refusing to take seriously the threat that the child posed <laughs> to their safety and their sanity, she was cucking him to a degree. I would say. Very yeah. much yeah. so. I mean, how, just back your man up once in your fucking life. Don't <laughs> don't undermine him in front of the neighbors every day of your life. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Dad and Dennis and Matt is absolutely all right now. <laughs> no question. Man, I cannot. I do not even remember that guy. I just remember that there were Mr. two Wilson, Mr. Wilsons. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's. He just want to be left alone. Oh, God. Mr. Wilson is one of those old guys trying to figure out how to do groiper memes. (laughs) (laughs) Getting their grandson in there. How do I make a meme? (laughs) (laughs) He's that conservative grandpa Twitter account, little summer found Instagram account. Dennis, Dennis, you and I have had our differences over the years, but could you please teach me how to meme? (laughs) (laughs) I need to to become a citizen of Kekistan. How do I get on your Discord, your Minecraft Discord? Because you know that Dennis the Menace is Atomwa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis the Menace is a is he's Jeff Tutorials today. There, yeah. There's like a cottage industry of people filming like angry, insane, elderly people screaming and ranting about stuff on YouTube. That sounds fun. And Mr. Yeah. Wilson could be part of the movement with Dennis, I think. Yeah. I think so yeah. It, uh, so then we get the thing of them looking at the photographs together with Bush. That's where they bring up Mossbacher, who was the Secretary of Commerce, who the previously mentioned NAFTA deal. Yeah. That's him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the he does have a stupid name. I'm with Bart. Oh yeah, yeah. Who's that, George? That's me with Charlton Heston. He was. Who's that, George? See, you wouldn't know him. That's Bob Mossbacker. He was secretary. That's of... a dumb name. Who's that, George? <laughs> Maybe he thinks Bart is a dumb. How many times were you president, George? <laughs> Just once. Bar, is it time for dinner yet? I'm making rice. <laughs> It'll be a while. Rice should not take a while. <laughs> rice is twenty minutes. You know, in my day. <laughs> Little boys didn't call their elders by their first names. Yeah, well, welcome to the 20th century, George. No. Kick you right out of the 20th century. He's so (laughs) impotent with his rage. (laughs) Yeah, we missed before that it was the hello, Mr. Bush. So again, like, hello, Mr. Wilson. Again, if you were not, like, forced to watch this on Nickelodeon in the late 80s, you probably missed all of this. Mm -hmm. Because it is really just from the TV show. And he was just, but Dennis never menaced many people on that show. It was was quite nice. Macaraning uh, famously hated it uh, because when the show starts, the cartoon of this this tornado tearing things apart. But Dennis is just a sweet boy Mm -hmm. who gets into misunderstandings. He's not like 
getting into serious trouble. As a kid, if a, if a show had a cartoon opening, it felt like a lie to me. I was like, I was promised a cartoon. Now it's just Dobie Gillis doing uh, regular stuff. I never watched the Decimus movies or the cartoon, and my local paper didn't have the strips. But I was like still familiar with it, the concept of an unruly child through cultural <laughs> osmosis. And all I could point to was, I, I believe it was a Mad TV skit called Dennis the Menace 2 Society. Ooh, uh, that class, that's oh, like no, that was a critic. No, that was a critic. I think it was both, also honestly. Like it critic. seems like it was both. That yeah. was a sign joke on the critic, but it could easily be a mad yeah. uh, TV sketch. Mm-hmm. That you know, he he based Menace the the guy who wrote it, the guy who wrote Decimus the comics book, Hank Ketchum. Mm. He based him on his son. In fact, the inspiration <laughs> for it was his wife came in after he got into some shenanigans and said, "Your son is a menace," <laughs> and he thought. Dennis, the men- it was like that according to him. Wow! But he, they ended up uh, becoming estranged, and his son uh, oh. ended up having a very rough life, <laughs> and they didn't talk once they grew up. Jeez, that explains a lot because usually those people have their children take over their comic once they become like ninety eight right. and yeah, can't no, hold a pen he was anymore. Like I'm, I'm fucking a done with you, Dad. After <laughs> what you did to me, well, it'd be, it'd be a menace. It'd be funny if like once he retires, his son does take it over, but changes the premise entirely to make Dennis the hero of the comic and Mister Wilson <laughs> child <just> molester. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, in England there is a different Dennis the Menace. Our British listeners will be confused oh, about yeah. this. The blonde Dennis the Menace in England it. Was was a, just a wholly, completely different comic strip, I think, made independently. So, like, in Viz magazine? or Dennis has got a bloody asbo on him. <laughs> He's got an asbo, the local police, the constabulary. They got a writing on him. <laughs> He's going back to the group home if he pulls another schnitt. If, if he bloody takes anyone else's mobile. You're pretty if he sure. knocks over a single bloody dustbin. <laughs> what is it, like, a Roger the Tosser? Roger the he's going around Tesco and he's knocking all the Cadbury's <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> I think it's him and his dog knocking knocking over Cadbury's. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, th- that rice thing. I think in general you could read this as Barbara being shitty to George because she's mad about his many infidelities and she's just That's true. He was a yeah. legendary coxman, George yeah. H.W. Bush. God. I hate thinking of that even. Yeah, like, but I mean <laughs> earlier he didn't understand lemonade. I like to think he's just eating a bowl of white rice for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all they're having. For that me. is one of my favorite lines in the, in the, in the episode. Is bar is a whiz with cold drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't understand it myself. Uh, well, that fits too with the definitely the general perception. Then was Bush was very out of touch. Famously, he didn't know yep. what a scanner know was. Scanners. It's like what is this magic here? That he was, and that he was, he wasn't getting on Arsenio Hall playing saxophones. Nope. But he didn't, uh, he didn't realize he was against the rock the vote generation. Another out of out of touch George Bush thing is he doesn't understand Krusty Burger. Uh, mm-hmm. He wants to order stew and is, is <laughs> talk. He okay. talk. Do we have that? Do we have that whole yeah. sequence? It's a, oh, I think I didn't get that. No. Oh, okay, because that includes my favorite, one of my favorite Simpsons jokes of all time, which is after the Secret Service this. Uh, Hank. Hank, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> After Hank goes out and uh, disconnects Homer's uh, horn and it won't beat mm-hmm. anymore, and he goes, Hey, my taxes paid for that horn. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> I, I, I really like in that scene where he says that cheeseburger is more of a weekend thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Ray. Oh, it's Ray. Ray. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's not willing to cut loose with cheese on a burger yeah. mm-hmm. I, right I, now. I believe the agent's names were Ray and Rocco. 
Mm. One of them is definitely Ray. That's the one I wrote down. Crusty Burger. That doesn't sound very appetizing. Also, Homer, though, this is in this episode is in the pre-breakfast all day era of fast food, which that they people don't have to live in those dark ages anymore. Yeah, I I also like that Bush says, uh, "Go and see what the rhubarb is about." (laughs) (laughs) We we never find out what's in the breakfast balls. I imagine it's every breakfast item wadded up. That is a weird thing. That that was never like an actual McDonald's thing, was it? Not in my memory. No. That sounds I, terrible. I think a breakfast that, ball. What's less appetizing? Bef- this is the this is pre McGriddle. I think before that, the most unhealthy thing you could buy was like fre- deep fried French toast sticks for breakfast. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's probably fried pancake batter with sausage or something. Yeah, they have this one. Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. They have this one uh, that's very unhealthy one. That's it's basically just an egg and sausage and cheese with some onions on a bagel. And it's just it's just greasy and terrible mm. for you. I crave it sometimes. <laughs> I have to have it, but it's like half your daily allowance of calories. I I I was a big breakfast biscuit fan in my childhood as a spoiled kid, but mm-hmm. uh, now I only get it when like if I'm going through the airport. I'm like, where's a McDonald? I'm sick of these healthy options. I just want to eat a McDonald's greasy sandwich and just feel nah, feel something. For you a can't eat healthy at an airport. Certainly, <laughs> you, you need this. That's the thing in San Francisco airport. They're just like, no, we've got we've got sushi bars and and uh. all this fancy stuff. I'm like, can't I just have McDonald's here, please? <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to spend how is forty. The, how is the airport? We'll be flying out of there. Oh, shortly. SFO. I mean, it's 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 uh, fancy. I don't know. It's it's okay. There's still like one power outlet per thousand people, though. They did oh, not yes, upgrade yeah. that part of it. That is true. Yep. It's a long walk. You're gonna have a long walk through there. That's what for sure. they don't have personal segways. <laughs> <laughs> the hell kind of future is this out here? We got to pay extra for that. I thought I was coming to the future. <laughs> There's nothing futuristic about this town. Uh, so, oh, then we get a, a hint at the memoirs. For my for my research, Bush sordided memoirs. He really half-assed it for yeah. my research. Well, that's why. They're good memoirs, <laughs> yeah. not great. It was like yeah, here. Well, Clinton was the first one to have, like, a big bestseller memoir. Like, yeah. Huge, yeah, Reagan did write one of those. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. Well, I, I thought, uh, wasn't it something that Ford sort of did, and then all people, then people just took out the one page about him pardoning Nixon and then put that in a newspaper, and they wanted to sue over it, right? I, I, I don't remember that. I do think that the first big post-presidential memoir where the president tried to use thousands of pages to justify their Nixon, actions. Nixon, right? No, LBJ. It was called Vantage Point. Really? Uh, I yes. thought LBJ died right after. He did he die off. shortly. After. He died in 1973, but he got oh, out before he died. Oh, I thought he died like a year after. No, I'm he, thinking of someone he else had though. enough time. He, got his, he let his hair get really long. He had a skullet. Whoa. And him and Dor- Doris Kearns Goodwin sat around and, and cranked out this really long, apparently very boring huh. <laughs> and very uninteresting and, and self, self-justifying self memoir that nobody reads to this day. But like the, the, <laughs> the era of like the gigantic advances started with My Life, yes. I believe, which was – which came at a great time. It was like 2003 and when there was this whole tranche of liberal books – Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're excited to be a member of the of that trip. <laughs> Absolutely, when folks. our book comes out, if you want to resist Trump, <laughs> there's no better way than going to your local bookseller and requesting a copy of Chapel Guide to Revolution: A Manifesto Against Logic, Facts, and Reason. Or well, something like that. Well, yeah. now people write their autobiographies before, like while they're running for president, or like, they release them during yeah, their run. Yeah, because you release a. Uh, this is Obama who started that. Yeah, he had yeah. he had dreams with my father, and then he had the audacity of hope, and that really kind of created this model. That uh, that they're all following, and most of them never get read. Anth- uh, yes. Andrew Cuomo famously wrote a, a, oh, a, a book <laughs> that was purchased something like 
by like 1,200 people nationwide. He got a million. <laughs> then it wasn't very famous. He got million plus advances. <laughs> well, you guys are New Yorkers. Andrew are you Cuomo, on? not Mario Cuomo. No, Andrew. Wow. Are you guys Never on the uh, the Cynthia Nixon? Oh train? yeah, we are synth bro. We are Cynthia <laughs> bros all the way. We are Cynthia men. Cynthia men. We are Cynthia men, and we are sick of the raging testosterone fueled antics of the Chrome bros. <laughs> <laughs> Who are denying a female a right to the table just out of their toxic masculinity. <laughs> they don't think a woman can be governor of the state of New York, and that's just pathetic. It's we sickening. think that she can and should. His book, All the Best, a collection of memos and le- yeah. letters. All the, all the Best? That's the name of the Bush book, H.W. Bush book, All the Best. That's what you write when you just don't know how to uh, end a, uh, an email to your professor. I think that's how he probably finished it, most of his letters in that, like, that's, All the Best. That's exactly why it's called that, because it is just, like, the greatest hits of his letters and diaries. Like, it's not oh, even like God, I sat down and I wrote awful. a book. It's like, here's my letter to Helmut Kohl or whatever. 720 oh, yeah. pages. Uh, that's how long Fascinating. It is. Punishing. <laughs> Punishing. He couldn't even call it like thousand points of light or something i mean he had some good speech he should have called it new world order <laughs> which he famously uh coined that's he right on that yeah i so oh yeah the name of the staffer we had the long time affair that was jennifer fitzgerald that was his like mm. aide though he, it, I, she was not alone i don't think yeah. no no he liked he liked it every which way <laughs> god knows what he was doing in, at bohemian grove and the times reported that i believe right after he won renomination against Pat Buchanan after that, mm. you know, Kitty was in the bag. Mm. And there are people pushed back on it very, very hard. And I, it just kind of, everyone kind of forgot about it. Like nobody carried, you know, ran with the Times piece and Clinton didn't really talk about that's it. So, yeah, that, I wonder why. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just so weird though. Like they, they could have said like, you're talking about Jennifer Flowers. This guy, he's got his own Jennifer. Leave us alone. Oh well, yeah. And it also seemed like uh, it, it, it didn't fit the narrative that that democrats wanted which is that you know bush, it's the economy stupid it's the economy mm. and uh, the perception that oh bush is out of touch and he's a wimp yeah right? if he's like if he's slaying poon <laughs> well, that's, that's too relatable to americans no really. he's just old fuddy-duddy president who yeah, doesn't he get basically it. doesn't have a dick <laughs> yeah. they they are masculating him instead of emasculating exactly him. They, i get it now. we do have a very pivotal scene <laughs> with the memoirs that kicks off the oh, entire yeah. feud yes. so let's hear it and since I'd achieved all my goals as president in one term, there was no need for a second. The end. Mm, good memoirs. Good, not great. Now, let's look at that old outboard. Soup that baby up, <laughs> rattle a few windows down the next May. <laughs> oh, God. He's such a normie. He <laughs> really is. What you doing? Now don't upset the desk there. Careful, don't want to horse around hey, with... Hey, cool. What does this do? Now don't you pull that cord, young man. No. <laughs> hey, bar, my motor's gone loco. <laughs> oh, that bird house. Yeah, my prize orchid. I really like the scene because the the upward motor goes crazy. It cuts away to this like you just see the silhouettes of the craziness. It stops. Bart kicks it. It starts again. It cuts back outside the garage, and then it stops again. And then a light bulb falls on it, and it starts again. And that's when it goes after the memoir. So it stops like three times. Yeah, very fun sequence. Yeah, there. it's great. The, uh, that upward motor knows it's in a comedy scene. Yes, <laughs> it has Bush, to keep going. Bush reminds me of these these older, you know, uh, uh, upper crust, never Trump conservatives who just get harassed on Twitter all day. <laughs> and Bart is 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 a, a, a groiper or yes, or yes. like Western civil. 
civil defend Western yeah, he's civilization. David French gamer guy. And Bart is <laughs> is is, is uh, outright grimace. <laughs> they just won't leave him alone. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that a great character moment there is when he yells, "Oh, my prize orchids!" Because <laughs> the type of person who actually enters their orchids in some sort of horticultural contest mm-hmm. that is a true nerd is there yeah. is, is that's not a reference to anything is no it? well that's an old it's a thing you, it's an old timey thing yeah. these are my prize orchids Mr. Right. Wilson literally would have said that yeah, <laughs> yeah. implying yeah, yeah. that he would enter them in local contests I think the Dennis the Menace movie was actually about Mr. Wilson entering something in a plants Mr. contest. Well, if you really want to know the plot of oh the boy. Dennis the Menace movie. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, Mr. Cocaine <laughs> smugglers move in next door to Mr. Wilson. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, right? Mr. Ver, uh, Mr. Wilson has a hundred-year plant that's about to bloom, and it only will be out for like 12 seconds and Dennis distracts him and he can't see it and that's that when he finally asshole. I know right and he robbed an old man of his last dream yes <laughs> and, and then meanwhile right after that Dennis gets yelled at so hard by him that he runs away from home and <laughs> And falls in with uh, Christopher Lloyd as a very creepy drifter style uh, criminal. Of they don't get too specific on it because it's a PG movie, but he seems like he's a murderous drifter. Yeah, who then has an eight year old hanging around with him, and and then it basically just becomes Home Alone at that point. If Dennis <laughs> the Men is fucking with Christopher Lloyd, I, I only saw it once. <laughs> uh, I, I also want to uh, have a quick fact check here. Dennis the Men's Two Society was a Mad TV skit. It was oh. a claymation. Oh god! Oh, okay. okay, from the same people who. Did the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer one. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. yes. Yeah, was it where good it was films? all violent. Yeah. Sex Toy Story. I remember that oh, one. Oh, God. They oh, were yeah. so good. God, what a great show. <laughs> what is your first draft thought and a title for a sketch? That is the Mad TV one. There was, yeah. it was just all, there, there was no editing on that show. Editing of ideas. <laughs> it was all just first idea. That's great. Well, Pat Oswalt used to, he wrote <laughs> on it in the early seasons and he had a joke where he talked about how he was unhappy with the job and he said, I'd rather be, he went on a vacation to Amsterdam and he just says, I'm really glad I'm not here and I'm not in L.A. pitching sketches that I don't want to write. Like, uh, what about Olive Garden or the Good Night of – or what about Good uh, – <laughs> Uh, uh, midnight wait, in the uh, midnight, midnight in the Olive Garden, Garden of Good, Good and Evil. evil. <laughs> I, I think he, uh, that's that's what um, that's every it. Mad TV sketch is. <laughs> I think he jokingly pitched Gump Fiction and then had to write the entire. <laughs> yeah, I remember Gump Fiction was that was what that was their like the when they premiered that sketch was their they centerpiece. It it's like this is oh, what we're yeah. dealing with. It's two movies that came out. What <laughs> if they were the same movie? And what if there was a guy in Pulp Fiction who was Forrest Gump? What if? And that's as far as it goes. Yeah, Saturday Night Live wasn't going to go there. That was going to be the Fox like, difference. What if the gimp is Lieutenant Dan? <laughs> I remember having my mind blown. I thought this is the cleverest <laughs> thing that's ever existed. Uh, <laughs> too smart for TV. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but how do we feel about the Harry Shearer's impression? I mean, this is existing in the same world as Dana Carvey, who took it like to yes. insanely cartoonish levels. I, I think feel this like is it, a perfectly serviceable impression. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really like he is a square uh, wiener guy and uh, really lame and very mm-hmm. Flandersy, yep. and we could see like it is almost like a Ned Flanders voice. Yeah, he captures a lot of the the uh, particular Bush cadences, you know. Yep, not my forte. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it, it's it's far away from the cartooniness of Dana Carvey, which that was yeah. also. I loved it as a kid, but it also just felt so weird every time. That I felt like that was the beginning of the SNL guys hang out with the president they're making fun of. They at yeah. least do it once. Like he, I think he definitely did that once with that. And then right after that, it was like fucking 
Farley with Newt Gingrich. Like he, oh, they palled uh, around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Farley I, was a conservative. Yeah, he that's was. true. So uh, we have the scene of Bart getting spanked. No, not the memoirs. Don't even think about it. Not going to happen. Whoa, man. Whoa, nothing. I'm going to do something your daddy should have done a long time ago. Now go home and think about what you've done, young man. <laughs> he spanked you? You? That uh, the gif of uh, Bush making Bart was circulated a lot when the uh, when Gropergate happened or whatever. I mean, this was back in oh, December. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sort of just disappeared. I think they just stopped wheeling him around. Well, he's women. an old man. Yeah. You, you get the old. Put, you you put uh, a muffin or oven mitts on his hands, <laughs> and then you're done. <laughs> I feel it's like, like once God. you're just reduced to your lizard brain, you are just going off of basic instincts like I'm food and sex and sleep and like just stimulus. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> you can steal things. It's gonna fucking rip. <laughs> uh, just you the rest? Sand it down to your basis. Show the rest uh, of that scene. His grandpa's a funny. No, I, I didn't get that. I, I, it's I'll a do very. It for you, buddy. <laughs> yes. okay. I got. I was spanked by Grover Cleveland on two nights of consecutive occasions. <laughs> My favorite part of that is when he says, "We don't spank in this household." And Grandpa goes, "That's why you're no good. Kids are running wild." <laughs> and it's just Lisa, Lisa. reading a book. Yeah, <laughs> silently. Although this no. this conflicts with Homer's uh, thoughts about spanking. Season. Yeah, he was hankering <laughs> for spankering. Yeah, but Marge is the one who stops him. Yeah. And also, that's probably more an aspirational stance mm. than a reality, because after all, he does choke him on yeah. a semi regular basis. True. That's, you know, I'm surprised Homer, maybe Homer is jealous that Bush got to spank him when he's wanted yeah. to spank yeah. Bart all these yeah. years. Well, that's where, that's where that Bart Simpson thing is. Doesn't he know who you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get spanked. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, the violation is that it's not just a stranger. It's a stranger that Homer dislikes. Yeah, and that the— It's an infringement on his uh, uh, well, parental authority. Prerogative. I feel even in a regular—even in 96, it would have been news somebody threatening violence against a president <laughs> locally. Though this is like— Pre 9/11, so they're not like immediately just uh, yeah. This is murdered. this is rather preposterous <laughs> yes. that Homer <laughs> can get away with these pranks. And they just they they ripped this off for the film Welcome to Mooseport. Uh, was well, that Gene yeah, Hackman's last movie? But they <laughs> they settle their differences with an election. That's true. They yeah. don't use locusts. I forget in the ma- in the movie the Everyman is the mayor. It's the <laughs> Everyman mayor played yeah. by uh, uh, Raymond. Uh, no, he doesn't. He's not the mayor. Wait, doesn't he he want decides to run? to run against oh. the president mayor because he's like, I, I got to bring this guy down a peg. That's right. And he was the most popular <laughs> ex-president ever, and he had like a ninety percent of impossible. But mm-hmm. they just like it's the conceit of the movie that he's the most popular politician in America, yeah. and and he just out of cussedness and, and ang- annoyance with him, especially because I think he's like scheming on the same woman that that Ray Romano wants. Mm. He's like, I'll run. <laughs> and then he, he turns it into a nationwide story, and then he wins. That's why I never, I never alert. seen that film. Uh, <laughs> was the president a Republican or a Democrat? They never tell you. Uh, mm. Was he modeled after anyone? He seemed to be modeled after sort of a Eisenhower. I would say he was, his nickname was the Eagle. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are three Gene listeners Hackman. right now pumping their fists and <laughs> increasing their donations. <laughs> like, yes, I'm a, I'm a real moosehead. <laughs> <laughs> Where my mooseheads at? <laughs> <laughs> so we do have the confrontation with Homer and. Bush. You want to step back, sir? You're trampling the flowers. Ooh, 
hiding behind your coon, Jay Bush. Oh, well, you are a wimp. Wimp, am I? Agent Johnson, Agent Heint, you men stand down. You want trouble, you're gonna get trouble. Oh, I want trouble, all right. Then you're gonna get trouble. No, you're gonna get trouble. Oh, that's good. That's good, because I want trouble. Then we're agreed there'll be trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, lots of trouble. Trouble it is. For you. For... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Heinz, a real easy battle to win. <laughs> uh, John Heinz, I believe, was he was he, he was a senator hmm. from Pennsylvania. Yeah, Teresa Heinz and, is right, husband, Teresa Heinz's original wife. Crash. Uh, husband wow. and uh, yeah, and after that she well she obviously had a thing for senators, yeah. so she married John. It's a friend. very odd fetish. Wow, I completely forgot that she was married to two. Senators. And he was a Republican. Whoa, yes, uh, that's that's, that's uh, what I call bipartisanship. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she swings both ways. <laughs> that's the true. That's the true centrism we need. As long as they're tall, craggy, lurch-like <laughs> men. <laughs> I'm sure Hi- John Hines was the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then we get the then the prank war begins in earnest in the th- like the Dennis and Menace stuff is is half an act really. Yeah, it's not yeah. even one act. Like and then then the prank war begins and it, I I would assume these rockets are there are meant as an, uh, a desert storm reference there, right? Yeah, especially uh, because they blow up in green light and it was all the night vision footage yeah, you'd see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, I wish they had gotten it up as well. What did they though. call yeah. that? The bombing campaign? It was it was uh, something Powell said about it's like overwhelming force. Mm. Or, well, that's the Powell doctrine. Powell he says it's just air superior. It's right? never never engage in combat unless you have overwhelming force. Yeah, well, well, their, their doctrine was you know we're just going to take that we're just have total air you know, control of the airspace. Uh, we're going to take out all their anti-air insulations and bomb their planes, and then we can do what we want. And boy, did they. Yeah. A shock and awe, that was, that was, that was 2003 yeah. when they said but that. But I think the Gulf War was the first time live war footage was just entertainment. Like, yeah, you would I just remember. tune in and yeah. watch bombs explode. You watch that green video of the thing going down the chimney. The, 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 well, the, that critic episode we mentioned before was all about that, of the, the guys calling in from the Baghdad office of CNN and just say, just describing bombs to people uh, and what they were seeing. And same, I think, too, then they call that the video game war, they call yeah. Which they, yeah. they had no clue what they and, were talking uh, about. And Jean Baudrillard famously wrote <laughs> that it did not take place <laughs> because mm-hmm. it was fully an abstraction and a media thing. And so for people, it actually did never happen. Yeah. Did he write Wag the Dog or is that something? No. <laughs> that was, uh, based on a Larry Beinhart, a very different Larry Beinhart novel, <laughs> which is actually explicitly about George W. Bush faking the Gulf War. Mm. That's what the book is based on. Oh, and then yeah. Mamet and, and Barry Levinson turn it into sort of a more general thing where it's a fake war with mm. Albania or whatever. But it, the original text is about faking the Iraq war, mm. the first one. Mm. Uh, yes. But, of course, you've got a clear Clinton corollary there where he gets busted groping a Girl Scout in the White House. Mm. And they bring in uh, – they bring in De Niro at the last minute to fake a war to get it off the front pages. Oh, yeah, right after it came out, Clinton bombed that far- pharmaceutical plant. Yeah. And, and the, they showed Wag the Dog on, uh, on Iraqi state television during Operation Desert Fox. Wow. The bombing of Iraq. Man, that's that's that was like the. Is that similar to how they aired that 
anti-Iraq war Madonna video. I remember hearing that at the time. That like in the lead up to 2003, like that uh, Madonna made a video of like don't do this, and then they just aired it. They aired it on television in Iraq just as uh, it seems like the least useful audience for that possible on earth like lady (laughs) you sold me (laughs) how am I supposed to stop this from happening again I like when the uh, when the end is near for someone like Hussein his last ditch effort is to become one of the resistance Harry Potter liberals (laughs) and just say culture will save us listen to this Connor Ober song (laughs) Uh, uh, so then Bush is going to get his revenge in the uh, well the name of this episode line Why don't you just say you're sorry, George? Because I'm right. Oh, no. I'm gonna fix their wagon good. I pulled some pranks in my time. Now, I don't understand. Are you saying you and Barbara are bad neighbors? No, that's not Bar and me, it's them. <laughs> Who? Maude and me? No, oh, the, the man, man and his boy. Boys. You know, the, <laughs> the boy is named Bart. I don't know the name of the man. Bar? What's the name of the man? I'm not getting involved, George. <laughs> Look, just never mind. I thought the banner was pretty straightforward, but I'll just take it down. <laughs> uh, he's so defeated. Uh, he doesn't yeah. sound like a wimp here. He's got a lot of resolve, actually. Well, it's because yeah. he got called a wimp. Yeah, it's, Because it, I don't know if you guys know this, but that was an actual thing that happened. Oh, it was the there wimp was a, factor. There was, there was a uh, Newsweek cover story in 88 called The Wimp Factor. And it was, can people trust a guy who is considered by everyone to be a a, a blue-blooded soft boy mm. in George W. Bush to be president? I mean, it Soy ended up, president. It ended up not mattering because <laughs> he ran against hunk of masculinity Michael Dukakis. <laughs> <laughs> Before the Dukakis Snoopy tank picture, there yes. was also a picture of Bush where he looked like a whip. I can't remember what he was in, though. But he, he was very- wearing... He was wearing a French-made costume. <laughs> it was it he was, was a, comparable. He was wearing a Easter bunny. It was comparable <laughs> to uh, that Jared Kushner in a rock photo. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but as I think several people at the Pine pointed out that as soon as that happened, that it doomed thousands of people to death because you see that when you're president, you're like, okay, who are we bombing? <laughs> and he did. Get... He bombed a lot of people in his four years in office, and he told everybody that that's who's a fucking wimp, the guy who, <laughs> the guy who barbecued thousands of retreating soldiers at the uh, highway of death. That's the fucking wimp you're talking about. <laughs> I, I do like the the old man cadence he has, uh, the, the phrase, the name of the man. Like, I don't know the name of the man. Bar? What's the name of the man? Yeah. And that he, that he spray painted his own house like the people who say that Black Lives Matter uh, spray yep. painted anti-white yep. graffiti on them. It's all a bad plan. Yeah, like he, he's put, he made a sign. He made the sign. And two bad neighbors, just such a great pronunciation, like, like an old man pronunciation. Like, these are two bad neighbors. That's what they are uh, and then we get uh, we didn't know who George Bush Jr. was then or oh I, god I was what happily a, what a blissful and of course he's not he's not a junior because yes. he has a different middle name yeah it's uh, it's just wa- just Walker yeah, it's not just Herbert Walker, Walker. No yeah. so he is not a junior technically what was he doing in 1996 in uh, like, he February he would have been the governor of Texas, Texas. Okay. yes he won in 1994 yes beat Ann Richards and mm. Jeb lost in nineteen. and that's why Jeb wasn't president. Mm. It literally was. They were both going to run. He lost to Lawton Childs in Florida in 92, <laughs> I believe. Yes. And so that put him off of the track. If he had won that race, he would have been the one grooming 
and then had run mm. in 2000. It would have been Jeff. That's a total sliding doors universe. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. So George, this was the second race. He famously ran for a congressional seat in the 70s yes. where he was called a, a, a fancy pants Yaley soy yes. boy, uh-huh. and he resolved uh, to uh, never be out cowboyed again. Yep. But Jeb had not learned that lesson by then. He ran against uh, Lawton Childs, I believe, who was uh, an older man. And he tried. Jeb tried to make hay about his age, which obviously didn't play well in state. Yeah, four. Yeah. <laughs> so he lost that. But then he came back in, I believe, '98 and won. Yeah, he was uh, my governor. Just in time to fix the 2000 election, but yeah. not enough time to make up for <laughs> the fact that the presidency he enabled was so catastrophically bad for his family name that he basically was doomed. He'll never get it. Yeah, yeah. Henry was there uh, in Florida when it was all happening. My first election I voted in, when I turned 18, voted in the 2000 Buchanan, election in right? Florida. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Those butterfly bat brackets were just hard to follow. <laughs> <laughs> I did vote for Gore. I was, and I, and I was, I was the 2000 era bad liberal. Who yelled at my friends like Nader? Why'd you do that? Yeah, I voted like, for Nader in that election. Yeah. I voted for Nader. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you guys, those were those weren't Florida Nader votes. Those that's, that's true. true. Yeah. I, yeah, Although was- I don't, li- I was living in Wisconsin, which if Florida had gone smoothly, if the, mm-hmm. they counted the votes and it had been a relatively robust margin. Wisconsin would have gotten the recount because it was a 500-vote margin for John Kerry in Wisconsin. Whoa. I was in Ohio. They, wow. went, they had to go for Bush, right, in 2000? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, what is it, the thing they say, like, if a, a Republican can't be president without Ohio, right? It's yeah. never happened. It's the oh, yeah. state they, they care about every four years. That's it, basically, it, it basically has it. Ne- there's never been a Republican elected who didn't win Ohio. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, yeah, now I just love Jeb as a joke, though. I <laughs> yeah. wish eh, – man, I – I wish the first times I wasn't laughing at Trump was that of like, oh yeah, he's owning Jeb, like he's destroying this yeah. loser. I guess part of the part of the the I guess the brighter side of the Trump campaign was seeing him like just make fun of Marco Rubio yeah. and Jeb just Bush. Pants all yeah, the arena. Yeah, but but that but those laughs came from me with the intrinsic belief of yeah. like, well, he's <laughs> definitely not going to be the nominee, so I can laugh at this now. Like, ah, very funny. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> simpler times. Uh, but yes, here's Homer's revenge for the the terrible two bad neighbors sign. Who is it? It's your sons, George Bush <laughs> Jr. and Jeb Bush. Come outside, Dad. Oh, good. Bar. <laughs> the boys are out in the front yard. They'll help me think of a plan to get those Simpsons. <laughs> oh, George, is that all you ever think about? The boys probably just want a letter of recommendation. (laughs) Boys, where are you going? Okay, son, give him the glue. (laughs) 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 Look at good, (laughs) And that's why I will continue to oppose teen alcoholism in all (laughs) its Teen alcoholism is the issue. (laughs) Every form. Now. Are there any questions? Keeping in mind that I already explained about my hair. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. That would have been funnier if the two brothers coming to the door were Neil and Marvin. If I recall, they really oh, could have wow. used the fucking, uh, they could have used the letters of recommendation. If I recall correctly, uh, the writers did not know about George W. Bush, and that's why they just say George Bush. Or they just guessed that. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, really? Okay, but yeah. I guess they knew about Jeb, which which doesn't make sense. I read that somewhere. Jeb's a memorable name. I mean, Jeb it's not is a memorable name. Not his real name. Yeah. yeah. So that uh, that which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because George Bush was in office at the time, and Jeb was just a guy. 
Mm-hmm. He was yeah, just a failed true. candidate, but he well, had a more memorable name. Yeah. Well, he's governor in Texas. Like those LA comedy writers, maybe these don't are out of touch Harvard them. elites too. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a very it is a very Harvard show. That, but oh, but the the rainbow rig, wig gluing thing that's a pretty good prank. I gotta say it's a very inventive prank to do to him. Of just that he though he could he could have colored over it. There were many things he could have done, but he just cut it down somewhat. Well, yeah. he had to condemn teen alcoholism <laughs> in all of its forms. Well, then Elks Club paid him a lot of money for that speech. Now that's uh, how much money could an Elks Club really get to pay a president? <laughs> they can't have that. I much. think this is the good old days when presidents were just rich blue bloods mm-hmm. they didn't have to make a ton of money after office by s- selling their speeches for huge money really yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. he was old money he didn't need he didn't need those uh, no, currencies no, Nixon needed the money Nixon, <laughs> needed Nixon was broke as hell I'm and gonna go and talk to these shitty old ladies <laughs> that's why uh, well that's why how Frost Nixon came about it's the only reason he agreed to do that yeah, even though it was, it was a money. terrible decision on his part well I mean he was kind of done for it well, yeah, yeah, I mean, why, yeah, that's why true. Like the, yeah, just get that money. His, his pranks have gotten much more cruder now, and he's now just spinning donuts on the Simpsons yeah. lawn. I like <laughs> Marge. One, one of my favorite, favorite uh, <laughs> just cutaway gags, or I guess it's not a cutaway, just visual gag. Yeah, um, just like a smash cut to him just spinning donuts. <laughs> I, I like Marge's uh, positive interpretation. Maybe he's lost. Like, I think he's lost. <laughs> he's he's lost. not lost. Yes. <laughs> uh, this, he's not lost. I love that. Yeah, and then they must have those locusts ready for it. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's part of like, the little bastard... Uh, like monthly uh, loot box or whatever that part gets in the mail. <laughs> that should be a joke. I uh, Simpsons writers, if no. you're listening to it on here, do a no. Uh, that was depressing. That was, that's that's the kind of joke they do on Simpsons now. Uh, they have to pay us for it though. Uh, they they just did a uh, retconning of continuity episode just now of uh, like the uh, taking place when Bart was a kid and they were in the apartments. Uh, they were living together in the apartment episode. Well, Bart was born in 2007, as we all know. Yes, yeah, from continuity. <laughs> So that's, uh, what, during the heady Obama years? I guess so. (laughs) Right before that, yeah. Well, they did that 90s show where they just exist in the 90s. So wait, what are the cultural signifiers for this one? Uh, I will admit I am shitting on it without having watched it. All right, well, we're uh, we're going to have to... just assume it's bad. We're going to have to watch this later, Matt. Please forgive our ignorance. But yes, I guess the final plot is to release locusts in the bush house via the sewers. As they learn in the Prankster's Bible. Yes. The, The Bible, a.k.a. the Prankster's Bible. Can't decide if this will be considered feisty or crazy. Hey, what the? If he thinks George Bush will stay out of the sewer, he doesn't know George Bush. Doesn't know. Ask Lee Atwater. He's behind you. For the last time, Bush, apologize for spanking my boy. Never. You make him apologize for destroying my memoirs. You didn't tell me you destroyed his memoirs. Never. Is them him saying that George Bush wouldn't go to the sewer? Is that I wonder if that's like a Willie Horton reference? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah, Lee, yeah. At, at Lee Atwater all the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, that well, I mean that Willie Horton ad for listeners like it's one of the most racist things ever in yeah. campaign. It was, it, was, it was some spicy gumbo. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, sideshow Bob Roberts Perry did. Yeah, like yeah. the uh, conveyor. Oh, sorry, the yes, escalator. Of course, revolving door prison. <laughs> Even let out attempted murderer sideshow Bob. And the uh, this is also when like as a kid it flew over my head that he had CIA training like I didn't know that about uh, yeah him. I didn't know that was... CIA training he was CIA yeah. director in the yeah I get he I bet he probably could not do he didn't actually have anything close Which to training is, no. it's actually kind of interesting because at the time it was considered to poison chalice because this is in the aftermath of 
the Rockefeller Commission and all the investigations of mm. uh, of what the CIA had done in the 60s and 70s in terms of assassinations and whatnot. And so it was thought anybody who became CIA director was going to be poisoned politically from that point on because you just are too associated with bad acts mm. and anti-democratic activities. But it worked for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, people don't seem to care as much now, though. I no. guess I don't. You don't see too many candidates who came out of like uh, the CIA. Well, now we're in an insane thing where being in the CIA, being a member of the intelligence department, uh, uh, industry. Uh, in the intelligence community, as they call it, is a huge advantage for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a huge surge in former uh, covert operatives running as Democrats <laughs> in 26, 2018, saying, how dare you, sir? And now it's coded as the evil deep state. So now conservatives hate the CIA. It's and weird. liberals love it. It's amazing. Great. It's we're going to run deep state candidates. Yeah. That's going to be very popular <laughs> right now. Yeah. Well, it's all saying uh, we're not wimps. Mm-hmm. We, we oh, stick totally. up for the system. Yeah, we like the FBI uh, too. Is that sh- how it works? Love the oh, FBI. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. we're strong. So. Mueller's gonna free us all, man. Yeah, he could be fired by the time hey, guys, this episode. Guys, is guys, hey, Virgil, oh, guess no. what time it is? Mm-hmm. No, Virgil, no. guess what time it is? <laughs> it's Miller time. It's Miller time. <laughs> uh, so I, I love the fight. The fight is animated beautifully. Of just that, that though Homer. Look, Hubbard's not in great shape, but he could beat up a 70-year-old. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, he's, he's very old. Fast. Homer couldn't run up a wall. <laughs> That's you great. Know, to the run up the wall and his splat down. Bush yeah. for a while had a good constitution. He would uh, famously skydive on, uh, on his yeah. birthday. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember he did the big skydive for his birthday one year, and – I, it, I was I was at home and so Fox News was on TV with my uh, thanks to my dad but uh, it was his skydive but apparently they made him do it with a co another guy yeah and so it was this thing was supposed to be how like virile he is and still not old it's like he is stra- has a man strapped to his back he was the entire basically time. cargo <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yes. like a, a backpack shaped like an old man. Uh, and then uh, Marge and Barbara sit down together, which is definitely a reference to the, their history together mm-hmm. as, as her hating on Marge Simpson. Yeah, let's hear it. I really feel awful about your lawn, Marge. George can be so stubborn when he thinks he's right. My Homer, too. They're so much alike. Too bad they got off on the wrong foot. It's just like the Noriega thing. <laughs> now he and George are the best of friends. Huh. I was actually the opposite of that relationship. Here's a little something we learned in CIA. His, his nice little death watch. So he's going yeah. to kill. Yeah, Homer. but his, re- yeah. his relationship, the the, the Bush Noriega relationship, parodied once on Saturday Night Live of all places was that they were friends first because Noriega was a CIA operative who monitored rebel movements in Central America for the CIA, also uh, also sold drugs and was a transshipment point for drug sales with the knowledge of the CIA before they turned on him. They needed him to a point, but then he got a little too yep. leftist, I guess. As a well, he just was he he was just a guy they could squash. Mm-hmm. And, well, it was before. Remember, it was before. They had the gift of the Kuwait invasion to do a big military in- mm. adventure. So, they, hey, there's this drug-dealing Central American dictator who we used to do business with, but now we don't mm. need him anymore. Because that was around the time that the, that the uh, Sandinistas gave up, mm. basically. They said, we'll submit to elections in which they lost because the U.S. basically blackmailed them and said, hey, people of Nicaragua, if you want us to stop mining your harbors and sending death squads and terrorists to kill you, vote against these guys, and they lost. And But they gave up power willingly, and it kind of ended a lot of the raison d'etre for the stuff they were doing in the Central America, and then there's fucking Noriega 
We can just yeah. take him out. So yeah, remember, we're we're America's the fakest friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we absolutely are fake friends. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And haters. all those all those South Vietnamese dictators yeah. that we just used up like like cum tissues. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's weird that all of our enemies used to be our friends. It's pretty odd, huh? Yeah. It, it, the uh, though I guess in '96 when Noriega was still like on his way to dying in prison, I suppose he, was he still didn't die in prison. in prison. Did he not? Oh, Wait, not I thought he came back. Oh, I'm thinking of I, I'm thinking of someone else. I read an interview uh, for this episode of like he was in prison in 1995. Someone was uh, interviewing okay. in 1995. I, I he's got to be dead now. He's definitely dead. Yeah, now. That, that Noriega. Is, no, I thought Noriega huh. was still alive. He got out of prison and he went back and he's a politician there. But I might be confusing. Well, you're thinking the, of someone else. I am. Noriega, oh. I think, is still in prison. Oh God, who well, died in prison? Let's wiki this live. He is uh, dead. He died in, in May of 2017. Oh, wow. From brain surgery. Rest in power. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then Bart throws the locust at him, and there's a weird bit of animation of, like, when Bart says, get like, him, boys, like, it's like, is he supposed to be doing a wink? Like, like I, I don't know what the intent It's a sassy there. wink to his locust. Like, Maybe. Get him, boys. And the locusts, they are loyal to Bart. They only attack Bush. You would think losing a box of locusts in an enclosed space like the sewer would uh, attack all of them. Or they just fly everywhere and that'd be the end of it. But instead they just bedevil George Bush. Yes. Uh, I do like, we skipped over, I I do like how uh, Homer considers God's uh, curses to be pranks on people. (laughs) One of the many pranks of God. But also I I really love Mikhail Gorbachev just being quietly disappointed in Bush (laughs) in this scene. We're arguing with local off. <laughs> I'll ruin you like a Japanese banquet. I'll take your head and... Arbachov, <laughs> what, what are you doing here? I just dropped by with present for warming of house. Instead, find you grappling with local off. Oh, brought some of your commie friends to help you fight dirty, <laughs> eh? Make Kyle, they put a wig on my head. <laughs> my memoir is George. This is the last straw. You apologize to Homer right now. But, Bar, we can't show any weakness in front of the Russians. George. Yes, dear. <laughs> News like no not challenge this. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I spanked your boy, Homer. Woohoo! In your face, Bush. Now apologize for the tax hike. So a lot of a lot of Bush lore in there. So uh, Rooney like a Japanese banquet. That's when he threw up on the prime minister. He did. Yes. Was that broccoli related or the broccoli was a no, different thing? No, broccoli was a different Yeah, yeah I thought that so. was just the thing he didn't like. But he, it was like sushi or... He was or, sick. He was I sick, thought, yeah. He was just under the weather and, and forcing himself to have that banquet. Again, another thing making him look weak, definitely throwing up on, uh, on the prime minister of Japan. But the tax-like thing was a big deal. Oh, yeah. That, and that's all... It was such a big deal that they made a joke about it on Tiny Toons. Yeah. Like, that's which they could count on 10-year-olds knowing read my lips, no new taxes. Yeah, well, that's why you don't say something like read my lips, no new taxes. You don't say absolutes like that. And that, that, was, I, I, that was like one of the Mad Magazine fold-ins I had for one of the first Mads I bought. It was like you folded <laughs> it, you, you would see what the lips actually said once you folded it in. Well, you had He had to say that though because conservatives didn't like him. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't trust him believed uh, they, they thought he would just abandon uh, Reaganomics when he got into office and they, they assumed he was just like a Rockefeller type Republican who would raise taxes and like that that anti-tax movement was a, was a relatively recent thing that if I recall right, it emerged out of the 70s probably yes. Southern California I yep, assume yep, where yep. all the toxic ideas have come it from. really was <laughs> no suburban reactionary culture was 
birthed in the bedroom communities of Orange County. And they passed that uh, the uh, Jarvis uh, Prop 13. Yeah, Prop 13, yeah. and they passed like ba- they got balanced budget amendments yep. uh, in state houses throughout the country. And they sent Reagan to the fucking White House. Mm-hmm. And that's really the thing. You know, the, I, I think the reason why there's no satirical edge here is that nobody hates Bush. Mm-hmm. George H.W. Bush. He, he was relevant. In 1995 or 6, if you're a liberal, you hate uh, you hate Bob Dole, you hate Newt, Newt Gingrich, Gingrich yeah. and you hate Ronald Reagan. And maybe you're still talking about Nixon, but he's obviously old news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bush is just like uh, has been. He's an appendix. It's yeah. the Reagan yes, Bush years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. When I, he's I, lucky if they say Reagan Bush years. When the sideshow Bob Roberts episode, they may they do a gag of that of sideshow Bob calling into Birch Barlow like uh, some people see that Republicans aren't uh, Johnny Bible thumpers or God forbid George Bushes. Bushes. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking uh, up information on this and I saw that George Bush was honored in 2014 for the tax like for sticking to his principles I was like I had, I had to read through it to make sure it was not an Andy Borowitz call I'm like this is not funny but it's also like 2% removed from reality so it must be Andy Borowitz but it well, wasn't there was a time when conservative orthodoxy on the on money and on taxes was that you you could not it was worse to have a deficit than it was to have high taxes mm. so if you need to raise taxes to cover deficits you do it now they have – Reagan started it, but now they've all absorbed the orthodoxy. Deficits have no bearing whatsoever except when Democrats are in office and then you criticize them for spending too much. Mm-hmm. But I heard the New, New York Times told me in an opinion page that Paul Ryan is a deficit hog. Is this not true? <laughs> Does he not believe in that? Lim- Limbaugh Limbaugh's another one you would hate in that period. Oh, you'd hate oh, Rush And he was a way more consequential person than J- George Yeah, H. he was a loser. He was, he was just – He's no Mitt Romney, basically. Mm. Like yeah. Buchanan and Limbaugh, and to a lesser extent Gingrich, you know, they they forged the path to what became Trump. Yeah. And George H. W. Bush was an aberration, really. He's and just, this, he's uh, the last go- gasp of the Eastern establishment. Yeah, though it's well, that makes it even weirder that the W. administration was like the sequel. Like his staff was all was so many H. W. Uh, uh, folks like yep. Cheney. And uh, and others, <laughs> Rob, yeah. Rum, Rum, Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld, right? Not, Rumsfeld was in the Ford mm. cabinet. Uh, okay, yeah. uh, but Cheney, Powell, yeah. Oh yeah, Brett Powell, Scowcroft. Yeah. But those uh, those guys didn't really uh, get the chance to uh, you know let their hair loose until uh, his son was in the White House. <laughs> yeah, they uh, anyway. So they leave town. They get uh, the Bushes give up. They can't stand it anymore. I I love my favorite shot. I love Homer punching Bush in the face. That's a great like little still. It's yeah. so quick though. I feel like they were afraid of like we can't like, is this stay illegal? on yeah. this too long of Bart of Homer punching the president. It's not illegal. He's not the, the king of Thailand. Majesty. <laughs> and uh, then we get the last gag here, which I until he passed away in 2006. I like to imagine that Gerald Ford lived in Springfield. Me the too. Time. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. I just moved in. My name is Jerry Ford. <gasps> Former President Gerald Ford? Put it there. I'm Homer Simpson. <laughs> Say, Homer, do you like football? Do I ever? Do you like nachos? Yes, Mr. Ford. Well, why don't you come over and watch the game and we'll have nachos <laughs> and then some beer? Ooh. Jerry, I think you and I are going to get along just... Yep. 
He is drawn to look like Homer, <laughs> but he kind of already did. And he's also voiced as Dan Castellano, doing kind of like a sleepier, older Homer. Yeah. yeah. Do you true. like nachos? Do you, <laughs> yeah. I love Homer's just enthusiasm. Like, yes, Mr. And President. He immediately knows who <laughs> Gerald Ford is. He didn't know who Bush was yeah, no until clue. looking it up in the encyclopedia. But he's like, President Ford. <laughs> he just loves <laughs> President Ford. Well, but Ford, Ford's just another one of those guys that nobody really hates except for one thing. That's mm. because you hate another person more. Mm. I mean, I bet some people – well, yeah, it was still just related to Nixon. Like people hated him for pardoning Nixon for sure. But uh, they'll also like – yeah, H.W. was – he was in charge of – that was another thing he did. He was in charge of the Republican Party during the during the impeachment yep. process. Like RNC chairman, yes. Yeah, Jesus. He was everywhere, that guy. Well, actually, I would say conser- conservatives actually probably hate Ford more than liberals mm-hmm. uh, because they believe he um, he lost Vietnam. Well, he's a he was also just a dopey joke. Like this this yeah. this Ford here is the is Chevy Chase's SNL Ford a little bit. Yeah, I mean as, as well. a kid I only knew him from SNL reruns. Mm-hmm. Like he fell down a lot. I was shocked to see that he didn't look like Chevy Chase when I finally <laughs> saw Gerald Ford in, in person. They didn't really care. But uh yeah, that was too bad neighbors. We didn't ask Matt and uh Virgil like, what is your relationship with The Simpsons? I, I hear the references a lot in your podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, how important was it to you even, like, in terms of forming political beliefs or, like, beliefs about the world? Well, it is really the foundational text for a lot of my views on everything. I mean, it, it is the way the way that people in previous eras would have looked to Greek myth or Bible <laughs> stories or, or Roman history or Shakespeare. I feel like the modern equivalent is The Simpsons. Just, just your cultural lodestone and reference point. Oh, it it obviously informed a lot of my comic views, and it uh, I mean, it taught me a lot. You know, it's 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 if you watch this as a kid, you learn a lot because there's just so many there's so many references, often to very uh, underground or arcane things scattered throughout every episode, and I like that they don't sit down and hold your hand through it and explain, have to explain a joke to you. No, they just make it and move on. You've got two seconds to contemplate it before another joke hits. They don't explain things like Grover Cleveland had two non-consecutive presidential terms. They just give you they give you enough of a reference that if you're smart, you get it. Yeah, yeah and I don't even have to get it because mm-hmm. as a kid, after I watched that, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, Grover Cleveland, two non-consecutive terms. And I just know I have this piece <laughs> of knowledge. Did you guys fall off? Like I, I hear season seasons 9, 10, that's usually the fall off for folks as, as a regular viewer. <sighs> yeah, I, I tried to hold on for a bit and I, I kind of gave up the ghost around season 12. Mm. I, it was just, oh, these are just not getting any better. It's I, like it really was like watching a beloved grandparent <laughs> descend into dementia. I have to look at the numbers, but I'm, I, for some reason I'm thinking 10. Mm. And it was whichever season had the Max Power episode mm. and the Trucker episode – and I remember, even though the trucker one was John Schwartzwell, I remember just not liking that very much, not mm. enjoying the, the the revelation in it and thinking that was kind of stupid. <laughs> well, uh, how did you feel about the Kid Rock episode? Oh, man. I, you know, uh, <laughs> I would say— That was a, a early low point for me that really kind of told me, oh, this is just a bad scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did not enjoy it. The uh, I'd have to go back and watch it. Maybe there were one or two funny gags in it. But I think maybe—what what was the season nine finale? Was that the—, the uh, Season nine was Natural Born Kissers. kissers yeah. Oh, yes. okay. When was the um, the Lard episode? That was uh, that's Lard of the Dance season ten opener. Yeah, it season was like ten the, opener. So mm. season ten was the one with the max power and all yeah, that. Yeah, and the trucker episode. Yeah, too. I would say yeah, season, that's that's when I really good. yeah. Season ten <laughs> is when I noticed, hey, this is just not as good anymore, and I think I stopped watching the regularly jockeys, after that. 
the horse oh, and the yes, jockeys, yeah. Yeah. Who, who are all magical elves. Ooh. It's like, I don't even know what your comic perspective is here. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? I think, well, I think they're telling you that, like, we're sick of writing this. Yeah. And we don't want to do this. And you're a comic book guy and you suck. Yeah. You're the if fan. You, if you don't like this, you're a comic book guy and you suck. Yes. I mean, I would prefer that Magical Jockeys episode to a recent one they did about, like, seriously, SJWs on campuses. Oh, I got to uh, see this. Yeah. yeah. Is that the one where Lisa befriends a Republican? No. Mm. This is the one where uh, – so it's about Yale. Burns goes back to his alma mater, <laughs> Yale. Oh, God. I've been loving this already. He is shocked to find out that it's full of a bunch of overly sensitive PC students who are more akin to robots than uh, than thinking free thought p- folks. Oh, where, when was the trash episode? Uh, trash uh, of the Titans? Season I think I was, nine. I think so. Yeah. Nine? Yeah, okay, yeah. Nine was like the last hurrah. So 200, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so uh, briefly, no, I, I know we've gone pretty long here, but we you know, we had a funny story. When we were in L.A., we had mm-hmm. the opportunity That's to right. go to a Simpsons uh, table read. Whoa! And it was very, very cool. That's awesome. You know? yeah, I and saw the, your tweets. Yeah, the performers were there. The voice actors were there. Almost all of them were there. Wait, uh, was Harry Shearer there? No. No. Okay. Shearer Damn, and, he called in, uh, right? No, he didn't. Oh, Hank right. Azaria called in. Azaria called in, yeah, yeah. But Castellaneta, Yardley Smith, and Julie Kavner were it's there. It's very enjoyable, and it was just a very... A weird experience hearing uh, Lisa and seeing Yearly Smith. Mm. And though I have to say, Yearly Smith, I think she's the only one who's been pretty much consistent the entire time. Everyone's voice has kind of changed a little bit over the years. Homer got a little goofier. Marge is croakier now. Yeah, they all sound, they're, they're all, I mean, Skinner sounds real old now. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, Mr. Burns now sounds like an authentic old man instead of, uh, you know, a 45-year-old man playing an old man. <laughs> so, well, what was surprising me was Matt Groening was there, and I thought he was like an absentee landlord just mm. cashing checks with us. He was there. He talked to Amber briefly, apparently. Oh. I didn't I didn't want to bug him. I mean, I guess they're all here to work. There's a contractual requirement, so I didn't want to make a faux pas, like <laughs> bug him for a photo or something. That would have been fun. We actually just uh, podcasted with uh, Dana Gould, and he told oh, us, cool. like, Matt Groening is, all, like, there almost every day, still like wow. watching over the show, still doing stuff for the show. Convinced that it's as good as it ever was. <laughs> well, he's got, he's why? Got... Because he had assholes in Usenet set telling him that classic episodes were terrible. <laughs> so why should he care what? Yeah, that's why. Say? That's why we never listen to our fans. <laughs> they don't know don't, what they want. Do it. Don't do it. <laughs> he's uh, got he's got a new show coming on anyway, so mm. he'll be. Oh off yeah, the Simpsons. Uh, yeah. Bill Oakley, I believe, is yeah, working on that. Disenchantment. Uh, we were. I, I'm. I'll, maybe that's good. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's we an interesting see. idea. We'll it, see. It just sounds like it. It sounds like Futurama, but for fantasy. Yeah, which, you know, which is fine. That's point. not that's not yeah. a bad premise. Yeah. Uh, we were invited, by the way, briefly by uh, Tom Gamble. I oh, wonder no who way. invited Tom uh, Tom Gamble, and he wasn't there. He got sick. So, Aww. but I so I got stuck with Max Pross. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. Yeah, well, was awesome. he a, was he a listener? Is Tom Gamble like a fan? He was. Uh, this this goes into a longer story. Along the short of it, is our manager put uh, me and Felix in touch with him about an unrelated project. And he was just a nice guy. And we had the opportunity. He was in New York, uh, just uh, happened to be in New York at the time. And so we met him in uh, Grand Central and just talked to him for a while. Just the nicest guy. And, oh, this is funny. While we were talking, and we are just in, like, the, the, this, the basement of Grand Central, which is a big food area, this old man sitting next to us turned out to be the guy, the creator of Zippy the Pinhead. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Out of all 
that that is very and, very and I told him and I told him this is like being in a learn to draw episode <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so uh, thank you Matt and Virgil for being with us for so long we went long but this is a lot of fun yeah thanks uh, for having us plug, yes, thank you. plug everything you do like we're big fans of your podcast I am going to pre-order your book tonight Ooh, um, I already have it on Amazon pre-order yeah. so I, I beat you to that I'm a uh, bigger fan well buy the book the book's going to be phenomenal it's going to be gangbusters folks that is the Japo Guide to Revolution you can get it on Amazon Powell Barnes and Noble, pretty much anywhere that does pre-sales, and hopefully at your local independent bookstore. We solicited a list of independent bookstores, and we got a hell of a lot of responses. So hopefully they'll be selling them there. But you know what? The best advice is don't delay. <laughs> You don't. should try a, a Revolution Books in Berkeley. I think like yeah, well, Chuds was... try to shut it down or set it on fire or something. They keep uh, showing we were, up there. They were going to be at every one of uh, Bob Avakian's bookstores. <laughs> uh, so look for that. I'd say I'm a big fan of Chapo. Especially lately, I cannot stop doing the Jordan Peterson voice. Like that's We've been doing that a lot that's back and good. forth to each other. <laughs> you were young men seeking to become heroic <laughs> dragon slayers. Uh, we got to get him next. Individualism. <laughs> Let me tell you about when the Simpson starts to become SJW propaganda. <laughs> uh, where can we find you guys on Twitter, too? I'm at Kushbomb. At awesome. Virgil, Texas. And yeah. as for us, uh, I'm Bob Mackey, one of your hosts. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast. Go to Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine to find it. And we're supported by Patreon. Henry can tell us a tiny bit about how to support us and mm-hmm. how to find all the rest of our shows. Yeah, we're supported on Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, where you will find every episode of this a week early and ad-free along with our Talking Futurama, Talking Critic exclusives, and tons more cool stuff, including our related podcast, What a Cartoon, where we go through a different cartoon each week in hmm. the same style. So give that a listen, folks. Yes, and thanks fun. again, guys. Yeah, thanks again Thank for joining you. us. Thank and you. Uh, we'll see everyone else next week for scenes from the class struggle in Springfield. I Good like one. that one. I like it as an adult more than as a kid. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. Our, that was our reception, too. So we'll see you then. infotainment.